What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Before we kick off today's show, there's a couple of things I want to add in here as we listen. I mean, this is the very first time I got to see the trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And upon repeated viewings of the trailer, I have noticed that I heard the voice of Sir Patrick Stewart, which to me means only one thing. Professor Charles Xavier. Now, how many characters from the X-Men franchise are we expected to see? We don't know. But uh, this seems to be their way to connect the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is also similar to, uh, and I think I mentioned this later in the show, Michael Keaton's voice being heard in the in the Flash film or little clips of the Flash for this DC, The World Needs Heroes, little bit. Also, uh, we want to acknowledge that just a couple hours after we recorded this show, Ivan Reitman, director of Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, uh, so many movies, and now, of course, his son has done Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, passed away at the age of 75, and I wanted to acknowledge that before we really get rolling on this show because I would have liked to have made it part of the show had I know, uh, known that he was uh, passing away. And uh, we would like to, of course, honor his legacy and uh, thank you for uh, all the memories and the films that you've made for us, Ivan Reitman. But with all that said and done, let's get on with the show. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Yes, indeed, indeed, it is me. It is your favorite Spider-Pan, because I'm probably the only Spider-Pan you know, right? (laughs) I'd imagine. Yeah, I would imagine so. I I am your favorite Spider-Pan. And we've got a great show lined up. I mean, my goodness, uh, we, in a way, I'm a little bit of a, I feel like I'm a week behind on this. But uh, we had a very significant birthday last week. The maestro himself, John Williams, turned 90. We are going to talk about some of the, our favorite memories of what he did. Now, because of copyright reasons, I don't think I'll be playing any clips, unfortunately. But, uh, oh my goodness, we're going to share some memories, a little bit of biography that I found on his website. I mean, he has meant so much to He's so many greatest. people. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. My number one favorite oh, guy. Yes. So many of us. We yes. just, we love him. Whether you know it or not, John Williams has affected your life. 
We also, of course, are going to talk about we have wrapped up the Book of Boba Fett, which I'm going to save that discussion for the end of the show. Yep. So if you have not watched it all, I will mourn you. And you can pause, and you'll come back. And, of course, we do some of our usual stuff, what you've been watching, what you've been playing, and what is going on in the Neverland Trailer Park. My goodness, I've actually got some serious trailers here to talk about this week. So you're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to tell your friends, hey, have you told your friends the show exists yet? You know what? You need to tell your friends. Tell your friends. We're having a lot of fun here in the Fandom Nexus, so make sure you let them know. We're here at NeverlandPodcast.com. Have them come and subscribe to YouTube, iTunes. You know, we're, we're everywhere, man. Have people come and check us out, you know. And uh, at some point, I need to actually put more game footage up on the Neverland official gaming channel. <laughs> I've been thinking about that because I've been playing a lot of stuff. And I'm like, man, I haven't put up any new videos. Uh, but I've been busy working. But I've got a good story to tell you. Good. Good story. How my life has now come full circle. But I feel like I should start the story after the music has ended. Because right now, when we're rocking out to this music, and you know, I'm not, I know you're headbanging. That's right. I know right. you're headbanging. There we go. Last note. Let that note. Just, well, okay. That note doesn't really fade out. It just kind of goes away, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, it's better to, to burn out and burn fade out away. than to fade away. Yeah, that's right. I blew that one, didn't that's I? That's okay. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Hoo-yah! Which not? Well, what song is that actually in? Is that a Motley Crue song? I think in it. I can't recall. Probably Queen. Because, no, it's Motley Crue, I believe. Well, as far as Queen the line, is in the album, that pro- but that line is actually in a Motley Crue song. Okay, I believe. Or, if it, or no, it's maybe Steph Leopard. See, now I'm going to have to look it up. The, but yeah, that's a song lyric this, from an old 80s Oh, song. I see. Well, yeah. I'm thinking of the movie Highlander. Right. But that's where he lifts that line from. Oh, it's from, I a, see. from a, a different band, which I they should have lifted the line from Queen, probably. Most but, likely. But I, I think it's a. I, I think it's meant, a Def Leppard song. I thought you meant, when did he say that? Like, oh, yeah. What song was playing? And I. I thought, well, actually, he says it in a in the church t- of all church, places, yeah. yeah, in a in a chapel. I have something to say. A bunch of nuns were all around. And yeah, he was being rude yep. and he was mean to a priest. Oh, terrible! We're talking about the great Clancy Brown, indeed, who's, who says it as uh, the Kurgan. I'm gonna he, he, now. Jeremy has to look it up. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, if you've never seen the original movie Highlander, great film, 1986, just a great film. And since then, there's been spinoff. Spin- I mean, they were not all good, I'll be honest with you, in my opinion. But I like the, the TV show, The Highlander. And, and they had a horrible cartoon. At least I thought it was a horrible cartoon. But they had some good comic books and other things that huh. were good. And- well, that's creepy. The line, it's better to burn out than to fade away, was included in Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain's suicide note in 1994. Oh. Wow. Well... Not not that I'm saying who's quoting it. But Apparently, Neil Young actually uh, put it... <laughs> conveniently, Neil Young making the news here. <laughs> but there it is, Def Leppard. Yes, better to burn out than to fade away. Uh, they actually had it in there, but I, I think they might have quoted it out of uh, Neil Young, uh, one of his songs. When did Neil Young say that? Uh, well, because that's where... Uh, it was from a song called Hey, Hey, My, My, Into yes. the Black by Neil Young. Who's ever heard that song? Uh, I don't I, know. I don't know if I've heard. I'm, I probably have. I've heard of but it. But Def Leppard, I've heard them song because they actually started with "I got something to say." It's better to burn out than to fade away. And then the song starts. I can't think what song it is. I've I've heard Neil, uh, that song of Neil Young. I Neil have, Young. I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I've heard of it. I mean, I don't know that I've actually heard it. But I did not realize Kurt Cobain wrote that in a suicide note. That's creepy. Well, okay, Very moving on. So. Moving Very on. much so. <laughs> I did not mean, but all right. So here's here's how my life has gone full circle. Okay, so those of you who are regular listeners to the show, you are aware that I've started working for a television station, and I make uh, local ads uh, for a television station. And uh, one thing we've got going on 
Uh, well, other than I'm I'm uh, putting together stuff for a circus, but I needed to come and film. Uh, one of uh, one of my coworkers uh, is currently quarantined, and so he wasn't able to film. Uh, and I had to have the uh, these people come in, and uh, we were using the green screen in the weather center, basically in the the news studio. Um, but what this is, it is a uh, kind of a local theater company up in St. Joe, Missouri. They're performing The Little Mermaid. Oh, cool! So the, I had uh, the director and I like a producer or whatever come along with their actress who is playing Ariel. Fun to come and do basically a green screen. Film shoot that uh, the other my coworker sure, was going sure. to go and get on After Effects and add you know water and whatever and and finish out it's like a fifteen or thirty second spot I guess but I and I was even telling us like this is like my life's come full circle because those of you who've been with us a long time or been with least with me a long time we started I started out the show and it wasn't meant to be a Disney show it became a Disney show from there spawned on to where I went back to university got my degree in audio and video and all that kind of stuff digital media production started working in radio. Started working in television, left doing so much of a Disney thing, but yet, here I am in my television career, the career I got that pretty much launched from doing this podcast, and I'm doing a Disney shoot. And yet, to to bring it back to a full circle again, to bring it back to that, is that I was a Disney fanatic as a kid, Yeah. but the film that made me go absolutely ape nuts and go completely deep into the Disney fanaticism is the fact of The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid... I went and saw it. was the first movie I ever saw on opening day. My yeah. grandparents took me, and I got so deep in it. I got the soundtrack. I studied it. I memorized it. And I mean to tell you, at the time, my voice hadn't changed yet. I was only 13, but still, my voice should have changed. But it didn't. <laughs> my voice cha- didn't change, so I was able to sing as high, maybe higher, than <laughs> A Little Mermaid. And, folks, yeah. you, I got to tell you, I even sang some of that music at my school, and if you want to get funny looks, be a fat 13-year-old boy going, oh, I sing it that loud. <laughs> yeah, that oh, didn't wow. go too well. But yeah. I did get a lot of good uh, points and people saying things about me singing Under the Sea. That was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Under the Sea. You can get that with a guy's that. voice. I didn't do that, though. You can, you can get away with that still, kind of there. Still. Oh, yeah. You and I, we used to sing a lot of Disney songs from back in the day, man. We were teenagers. Oh, I had a. I didn't oh, care yeah. what people thought. I had a good time. We had our do. fun. Yeah. So, and I'm still the Disney fan, but I'm more me of a too. vintage Disney fan. But me too. I, I, I'm just I tell a little you, annoyed with them. <laughs> I'm more of a, and this is just me, I know we're kind of getting off subject here, but I just am more of a fan of uh, sentimentality. I was talking about old TV shows, nostalgia. old cartoon, nostalgia. Yeah. That's it. Sentimentality when it comes to nostalgia, thing, how much fun it is to go yeah. back into your, not just childhood, by the way. I mean, we're talking about going back to time before I was even born. Uh, howdy Doody. I went around there in Howdy Doody. My father was, but. Something about going back to a time that was simple. Yeah, simple time. And yeah. those are, it's a lot Granted, of Granted, we're not saying the world was perfect no, at the time. Oh, no, no. Before anybody gets on that wagon. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we know there was a lot of things always wrong with the world, but, you know, there, there was always, just, There has been. But we, yet, there was an innocence. That's it. Still in the entertainment industry. That's right. And you can go to any time, no matter when. I won't get all biblical about this, but there, no matter when it was, there's always something wrong yeah. but we like there's to always focus, something wrong with the world yeah but we like to focus on the good and yeah. that's not to be naive but at the same time doesn't mean you always have to focus on the bad either yeah you don't look at all the things that were going wrong with the world let's look at what we enjoyed about the world and that's what this show is about right. we're looking at all the stuff that we have a good time with positivity positivity <laughs> and the fun that we had and speaking of some fun with we had this week all right so 
right. I, the only thing I had listed, and we're not going to talk about it until later, but what have you been watching? Book of Boba Fett. Of course, and I also, I am still going through Star Trek The Next Generation, still watching that series. Great show. Uh, so, but yeah, Book of Boba Fett, uh, I, 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 for a quick review, because I want to get in depth and talk about this show later, but sure. I got to say, I loved that from start to finish. Me too. And, you know, and I'll, I'll take the joke where people, you know, I, somebody has been said, kind of turned into the Mandalorian there in the last few episodes, but I didn't mind that. It was... Really, what I liked about Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett was the fact that what it really kind of is, it's kind of like a bridge, in my yeah. opinion. It's, it's a bridge until we get next season, but we'll save that for the yeah. end. Keep that in mind. A bridge too far. A, bri- far, yeah. a bridge too far, far away. In the <laughs> galaxy far, far away. But yeah, yeah save your thoughts, because we're going to dive head first into I, we, that. But sure will. I want to make sure I give everybody a fair warning before we get into it. Well, so we're going to sure, do it at the end of the sure, show. Sure. Because I want to be able to talk every little thing. Yeah. Every little thing. Because, oh my goodness, because every little thing they did was magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every little thing just turned me on. Yeah. Even I in my life before was I heard it. Every so my love for this show goes magic. on. <laughs> yes, there we go. So what? Have, oh my goodness, what have you been playing? Now, I know you're looking forward in March uh, to playing WWE two K twenty two. I know I, you're looking forward. My brain can't hardly go anywhere else. Dear and you've mind. already ordered your NWO package, brother. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. That's right. Oh, you know you couldn't help it. You I couldn't help it. I say brother a lot, folks. And let me tell you, part of it is. <laughs> let me tell you. Part of it is because let me tell you something. Part brother. of it is, is because I say brother because I can't always remember names. That's the very reason why my man Hulk Hogan did it in his early days is because of that whole reason. But then it became part of him. He yeah. Goes, let me tell you something. Brother. It became part of his world. That's right. Uh-huh. And that's part of who I am. Uh-huh. I do the same thing too. Let me tell you something, brothers. And even in my sermons, I'm a pastor. In case you don't know, yeah. even in part of my sermons, let me tell you something. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I do this a lot. Right, <laughs> and part of it is because I hear some of the Hogan coming out of me. The Hogan coming, who's also a Christian. So I find myself doing that a lot. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah, that's funny. Well, the main thing that I was playing this week was a game called Control, and it was you know how I like to play some scary type games. You. <laughs> yeah, I you know well of course, but control is interesting because it's not really a survival horror type of game, but it's it's mysterious and kind of s- creepy, scary, and it's hard to explain even after playing through the main story and some uh, extra content that I got when I purchased it digitally. It's hard to explain everything, but uh, you're playing as this woman, Jesse Faden, which what's really neat is uh, Remedy, the company who did this. They're the same people who brought you Max Payne and Alan Wake. Now, the interesting thing, this game takes place in the same universe as Alan Wake. Now, I don't know if the Max Payne storyline is supposed to have happened within their same universe. That would be interesting. Uh, but Max Payne is more grounded uh, other than you know doing bullet time stuff. But it's more like cops and bad guys. Um, Alan Wake, I have not played yet. But Control, uh, so you're playing as Jesse Faden, and you go into the secret Federal Bureau of Control. That this is in a place that they call the Old House. That... You can only find this building if you're looking for it. And this is some, it's a government agency, but the rest of the government really doesn't know what they do and what the money that goes to them. They don't understand what they do with the money. They just think it's some sort of research. But something has gone wrong in the FBC, and people are just floating around, chanting weird things. And it's creepy. They're just floating. And some of them are flat out possessed by some stuff and will come down and try to kill you. But these people are not like zombies. They're fully armed, some of these people. They have, some of them have, you know, machine guns, shotguns, pistols. I mean, so you, you're basically doing some combat shooting. shooting. But what's wild is, uh, Jesse, when she finds a weapon, 
It's and it seems to be this gun. It's and it's known as a, a service weapon is what it's the what they call it. But when you find some documentation, you find service weapon. They've realized it has had different names throughout history. Mjolnir, Excalibur. Oh. It's always been a weapon in in their hands. And basically, when you when she takes a hold of it, she is kind of like a chosen person. You are now the director uh-huh. of the Federal Bureau of Control. And it's, it's her story arc is pretty much like trying to resist that, but then you know accepting her role by the end as the director. But she really is just trying to find her brother because um, there was an incident. And it's, I, I don't want to give away too much, but there was an incident when her and her brother were children. Because what the uh, Federal Bureau of Control does is they're trying to control stuff, what they call, not paranormal, paranatural. Huh. Because they're real things that happen, but they're not from our world. But somehow things cross over, and they're not paranormal. Like they said, they're paranormal. They're naturally occurring in their worlds, but sometimes they accidentally leak into oh, ours. They, they kind of somehow uh, seep over. They come saying. into our world. and they So they try to study these things, try to figure out why it came in, and is it dangerous. You know what? But uh, something happened when her and her brother uh, with an object, because what they what they what they all do is like an AWE, like that's another an reality world. type thing. Yeah, like yeah. other realities, kind of like mirror mirror in a sense. That's yeah, like old Star but Trek and, there is a bit that's a mirror too that you actually go inside a mirror and fight on the evil version of yourself. Oh, Ooh. Well, that is like mirror mirror. In a it sense. was. That's yeah. what I was totally thinking. And w- when I went into the mirror verse, everything was backwards. Oh, that's awesome! Like the whole world, like the text was all backwards, and there was a puzzle I even had to solve to get some items that like. I had to go through and look at it in the real world and then do it in the exact opposite way in the mirror verse to get it. Oh, it was. Oh, I get tingles thinking about some of the creepy stuff in this game, but it's also funny. I like that. That's cool. Well, so what's funny about it? Well, because, well, well, you know, getting back to what I was explaining, but her and her brother, uh, but they have what they call an AW, which is like an altered world event, which is usually around an altered item. Some sort of everyday item, something has happened to it. They don't know what. Was it possessed by some other world being or what? But it, had, it has gone wrong. Uh, now, what, what had happened, there was a, a slide projector. And it wasn't the projector. It was one particular slide uh, in the slide projector that had been an altered thing. And uh, this one slide would open up a portal into another world. Now, to, to get you started. Ooh. Yeah. So, what, what, to get you just kind of the basics, they, they accidentally opened this portal to another world something came through but it was friendly oh now it seems to take some sort of possession and it gave help well help jesse i guess as she realized later it helped her realize her own (laughs) abilities uh but it did some things with both her brother and herself and uh, she calls it polaris she finds out you find out later what this this being really is what his real name is uh but she calls it polaris um or polaris as they keep mispronouncing but that's okay um but there's also with the discovery of that, so, you know, the, the FBC showed up, they managed to take Dylan, because they, they considered him a potential candidate to be the next director. Uh, so they actually took him into custody, and they just watched Jesse. Now, Jesse, all this time, was trying to figure out who these people were, what have they done with my brother, and now, so it's been like 16 years later, she's uh, in her 20s, and she finally found the FBC with her friend Polaris, who speaks to her, but she didn't hear. But it's creepy stuff, because they, they, the, the FBC doesn't know what's going on, but they notice Dill and is constantly arguing out loud with nobody. And so clearly, he's arguing with his version of what of, of Polaris, or something worse, because what, what basically is going through uh, is something that they call the hiss. And it's what causes everybody... And even... Because Dylan, she, when she meets... I, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but she finds Dylan and basically... Uh, has become a major th- p- a part of the hiss. And he says, it feels really good to repeat the words. 
and it's this weird chant of like you are the worm of the world and it's all this stuff but you hear it's the same thing you hear when the room's full of them just floating around and they're all chanting this creepy stuff and then things will just some people will appear to kill you but uh, it's a really you know hard to explain all this stuff with all these different objects but what was cool and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick up a copy of Alan Wake now but there was an entire side story that was connected, that picked up, I guess, wherever the Alan Wake game left off, where he he had disappeared at the end of his game, I guess. But it picks up from that of whatever happened to Alan Wake. And the only things I know about Alan Wake is he's you know he's kind of like a Stephen King. He's a writer. He writes scary stuff, and he goes into a town in his game. He goes into a town where the latest book that he's been writing is coming true. Oh, that's neat. And it's scary. And his wife has gone missing. Now, have they? Made, I'm asking this because I know they made some Max Payne. Book or movies? But yeah, they made one movie of Max Payne. So have they? And I saw that. Uh, have they made uh, any of the Alan Wake? Is that his name, Alan Wake? Alan Wake. There's only one game, but the second one is coming. So are they, are they making movies of that? Do you know or? I don't know if they will because the Max Payne film didn't do very good. I liked it though. It, it was, was interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. The games are a lot better. Yeah, I, but typical, you know. <laughs> you know unfortunately, well, it's hard sometimes to capture all the. Um, see, games yeah. can go on forever and ever. They can, yeah. Like a mini series, and see, yeah, the story you can spend forty hours on that story but, if you need to. But now, this is my opinion. But now that you got um, these channels, if you want to call them that, like HBO mm-hmm. Max or whatever streaming channel, services, streaming service. Thank you. Yeah. I knew that was better. Better said. Now you got these streaming services, these, you know, whether it be the Disney one, whatever it's one, you know which ones they are, you all do. But you can do so much more, like a mini series. It's just like the the book of Lonesome Dove, which is my favorite movie, and and technically I know it's a mini series, but oh, yeah. that book cannot be. They were originally wanting, uh, there was a, a uh, movie company, I don't remember which one, wanted to make it into a two hour movie. But you Larry, not be able to fit Larry McCurtry did not want to put yeah. it into a two hour film. He said it wasn't really feasible he said you would have lost so much yeah he'd already done that with some of his other books and put in in some really good movies but it it just he just knew that this he didn't want to do that with it just couldn't be done yeah so and he in fact he he'd already had a few other movies that had been brought that way but he said i wanted to take and get some of this made up and so he did with some with two of my favorite actors actually Mm -hmm. and and to lonesome dove and i'm sitting there thinking that maybe with these streaming services they should do that with some of these games and make it almost like a mini series, like a series. Well, we've actually recently had Arcane, which I haven't watched, uh, based around the League of Legends by Blizzard, which is, I, you know, I don't know how much story is actually involved with League of Legends, and I didn't watch Arcane. I, I hear it's not bad, but every time I think of League of Legends, I think when I have tried to play it online, you got seven-year-olds once again that will cuss you out because you didn't do something the way they think it should be done. And I don't like playing online because of that. But maybe if so, they make a, a series, like I'm talking a movie, or, yeah. or Ser- even, even animated. A, a, a lot of games. I think because the stories are so great, and I mean, you do find find occasional things. I mean, great writers and stuff. Now, granted, The Witcher is based off a book series. True. Yeah, but still, but, uh, The Witcher Three. I mean, that's the one I think even people who hadn't played the other games, you know, got pulled in Witcher Three, and that's where they knew there was enough of something there that they could make that series. These. Games. Which I can't discuss. I, you know, that's a very, very R-rated series, so I can't really discuss it too much on this show. I guess. <laughs> do you remember, Jeremy? Do you remember the old um, "Find Your Own Fate" books? Yeah, choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Find your own fate. They had several. Yeah. Uh, several companies had different. Basically, this. We could thing. do a whole show on that, man. So that's what. In fact, just recently I saw uh, a thing online about, like on YouTube, about those types of books. Um, it seems to me that these new games that we have, like you were mentioning, this game. 
seems to me like the new games are like those old yeah. books, but ne- because now you can do so much more. You can do so much more, and you get to live through the adventure. In that's the game. exactly Games right. have gotten so much, and that's why I have no shame that I don't mind. If, if I'm struggling if, if on a difficulty level, I don't mind putting it on a mode, because a lot of times they'll put it as like, if you just want to experience the story, we, we recommend this this one, this, this yeah. difficulty level right here. And I don't mind doing it because I play a games a lot of times to experience the stories now. That's right. I, I take me on an adventure. So there's, there's and I with with control there wasn't so much a difficulty settings, but they had things you could tweak to where you could set it to where I could have it auto aim a little bit for me. You know, I could get some aiming assistance, and uh, you know, I can you know make make a few gradual changes just to you know. I still wanted to have some challenge, but I wanted to make sure I could experience the story without getting sure. too frustrated because the combat in that game. Uh, the screen. I mean, there was times I could not see what was happening. Too bogged down. Well, some of them are explosion so dark. things, and it's all red. I mean, there's there are enemies that their entire thing is to float as close to you as possible and then detonate. Huh. And even when you kill them, they still detonate. And if, if you they'll get behind you, you didn't see it. And it, if detonates, it'll turn your screen red. When you get to taking enough damage, the edges of your screen are kind of going red, kind of like yeah, a blood. like a Call of Duty, yes, you know, yes, or you know yes, where yes. where it's it starts turning kind of red and blood. You kind of have that going on. And I got points where I couldn't see a thing. And you just get and kind it got of bored difficult even after a while. You get kind of bored. Like oh, heck with it. You say I'm done with this. You know? <laughs> it's like it. I want to yeah. I want to experience the adventure here. I mean, and, you don't want it easy, but you don't want it so difficult that it's not fun. Right, yeah. And I, I, like, I like a good balance. And I'm, I'm at that age that I'm like, I'm here for the story. I want to be taken on an adventure where I get to play the main character. And, uh, and what was cool about Control is, you know, we've got this world of, we're starting to get more and more open world type games. Control is actually an open world game all inside of this one building. Because the old house, they don't know how it got this way. They don't know how long it's been there. But the it they, there's warnings to employees that uh, if you notice a bathroom has moved somewhere else because the house shifts, it likes to change and it's bigger on the inside than it is the outside. You know, that reminds me of some of the old. You remember going to different, uh, either rather be uh, haunted houses or haunted mansions, or it used to be old uh, festivals like uh, I mean I mean to say uh, parks you go to and they'd have a little haunted house for yeah. a ride in it yeah and you'd have stuff like that where they knew how to set it up where you'd go through a hall and suddenly it looked like you look like you're going down a long hall and yeah. suddenly it was just a little room and yeah. you, it changed on you, and you but especially when you're young like five or six or seven yeah. you'd be like what what's going Watch on seven. it's very scary when you're a kid mm-hmm. especially because you know you're a kid you're you're kind of new to the world still yeah. and you don't expect and, and your imagination is most of the fun work yeah, it just is. Yeah, you, you, and that's what gets you, and that's what makes it fun is to yeah. let the imagination do the work. Yeah, and that's one of the things with don't video games. We don't really fun. get that imagination so much as they're just showing us the whole thing. But that's okay. But half the fun too is don't try to figure it. Out. Let, go for the ride. Yeah, have go for the adventure. ride and have try an having the adventure. Oh yeah, and, but I love the little bits of levity, and you know, yes. this is what I mentioned before. The, the game's actually got some funny moments because I, I love that that you can explore and find. Different items. There's there's research notes. There's correspondence. Uh, there's multimedia and all that stuff. But uh, some of the fun was like they uh, they mentioned that they have created radio shows and television shows to kind of they want to lead the, the public on a, a, a different path, <laughs> right? Because they know the public notices things, but they always oh aliens yeah 
So that's what, you know, they have like the America Overnight Radio Show. Oh, aliens. But what they'll do is they'll get letters that people write in and they want to check. It's like, okay, these people that called into our show that we're trying to lead them astray by throwing them. Oh, yeah, it's all aliens and all that stuff. You know, oh, it's everything. <laughs> Basically, uh, help them avoid the, the, the truth of the conspiracy by throwing them a weird conspiracy. Yes. And they'll go for that. But people would write letters or whatever. And one thing. A curveball. Yeah, throw the curveball. But they have like this one letter you can find where somebody's written in like, y'all need to come get this thing. I bought my wife. And it's. It's really, you can tell the tone. It's, it's this real bad redneck. Uh, <laughs> I bought my wife one of them singing fish, but that thing is singing directly, and it's cussing at us. I serve the devils in it. I think the devil's done to possess my wife, too. You need to get this fish out of my house. <laughs> but you, you, you see that they've received this sort of thing, and then they investigate, is an as an altered world event that's going on here? Is there an altered item there that needs to be removed and confiscated? And do we need to do anybody, the people that are affected, to make sure that they never find out the truth of this this other world is out there yeah but is, there's funny stuff and even some of the other things that's funny there's one room and they they uh and i guess this band exists in the alan wake world uh it's like the uh, oh something of asgard god old gods of asgard i think it's what it's called and the names of the players is, is actually thor and odin is actually the names sure. of the people but they have a song but you can go into a room and there's a questionnaire. They have come, people come listen to the song to see what effects the song may be having on people because the song apparently is not normal. But uh, there's even a one bit where they, there's a bit of a mixture of some live action footage that you watch film strips. And one of them is uh, uh, Dr. I, I wanted to call him Dr. Strange, but that's not right. What was the guy's name? Golly. And the cool well, the guy who's playing this scientist, uh, Dr. Darling, uh, he's actually the voice of Alan Wake. And the cool thing is the former director, who is Zachariah Trench, who is dead, but he can communicate through you through with the now that you have the the uh, the, the service weapon. And when you listen to him, I realize that's the voice of Max Payne, and he's even doing the low gruff thing. Uh-huh. But what's what's funny is at How one low point, can you go? Well, at one point, you find a film strip of Doctor Darling, and he's made his own music video and his little song. <laughs> And what's interesting about this song, he's, he's basically like, you are dynamite, and he's dancing, got sunglasses. It's just, and it's really actually kind of well-done music video. But the weird thing is, he's never met Jesse Faden, but he knows her name, and he knows that she's coming. Because Dr. Darling is the only one that knows that something called The Hiss is coming. And you find out how he knows this later. But I don't want to like spoil this, but I, I definitely got to recommend, if you like a good, mysterious, sci-fi, little scary kind of game... That'll take you. A good, I mean, I spent I don't know how many you, hours you playing keep, on this. You keep saying the hiss, and I keep thinking. You remember that tank from from Cobra? Yeah, the hiss. The, the, the hiss. The hiss. Hiss. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. I also have to tell you something. I just started playing with. Oh, and I got to tell you this story. I vowed to tell the story because I got somebody stuck it to me, and I'm gonna rat them out because <laughs> I have an audience and I have a voice. Uh, now, I don't know how far this company reaches. They're based out of Joplin, Missouri, I've learned. But uh, they're called Vintage Stock. And now, they've stuck it to you once uh, before, too. You had a bunch of items stolen from you, and you tried to alert them that they, the seller had brought that into their stuff and asked them, hey, can you guys wait? Can you know, get a police thing? And I don't think that's ever worked out properly. You've, they haven't gotten things where you could get your stuff back, whatever. Well, I went in there. They wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went in there. Last Saturday, I had some old games. I thought, well, let me sell some old games and see if I get some credit, and, and we'll just see. They never really give you much anyway, but I thought I'd go in there and check out things. Well, they go and look me up with my ID, and I don't know what happened, but I'm actually banned from selling things in vintage stock. I don't know why. 
They gave me the phone number, replaced in Joplin. I tried to call them that day, and of course, you can't reach anybody on the weekend. I have since called, and I've left a message with their customer service. It's like, hey, can somebody give me a call back? Because I don't know why I'm banned, and I'm afraid there might be some identity theft going on. Sure. Maybe somebody did do something uh, with my ID. I, but I have not heard back from them. But what I have heard, and this is now I'm going, uh, I actually had an affiliate link for GameStop, and I just haven't used it. I might, might have to put it back on the website, some affiliate links for GameStop, because GameStop loves their customers, unlike Vintage Stock, <laughs> who will ban customers from selling stuff and then not be able to explain it. And you're like, what? Excuse me? Uh, plus, they, they kind of screw you over with some stuff. But maybe that's why. Maybe I pointed out, it's like, wow, you guys really don't give very much back. Maybe because I pointed out the problems with that company. Uh, and really, I, I mean, I, I, I can go there and buy comics, but I could buy comics from some local dealers, which I'd rather support them anyway. But anyway, so I go over to GameStop with these games. And uh, all right, now I've had my plans when I, I get $50 every two weeks when I get paid. To, to blow on whatever I want. Well, this is lovely. I got onto their uh, a pro account, which I had kind of a, a customer account thing where you know I had a card, but where it doesn't really do much unless you go for the pro account. Now the pro account for just fifteen dollars a year. At the first of every month, I get a five dollars credit that's only good for that month that I can go buy whatever I want, right in their store. Now. With when I spend money there, I actually build up reward points, and they've right out the gate give me a ten thousand reward points. Reward points I can build up like savings to eventually get that PS Five, which is I'm trying to save for. Even though I keep spending my money on Masters Universe figures, I'm not saving very well on my own. But I can once a month go and buy a game, and then build up reward points, which become credits for me to purchase my PS Five. So I can buy a game and save at the same time. Plus, GameStop, when you're a pro member, they uh, give you more for your trade-ins, which I don't trade in that often. Uh, so, but be nice, you know, I get more. And so I'm thinking, you know, along the way, you know, like my next target, I'm going to go ahead and have to get Alan Awake now because I need to play that so I can put that in there uh, with what I've learned on Control. Uh, but, you know, there's some other games in there that, you know, I can buy used games. And I like, sure. I, I finally figured out Hitman. And I've got through the first Hitman game, like, all right, now I think I'm ready to play Hitman 2, which I can get that for about, you know, $16, deduct $5. It's not very nice to go hit a man. Oh. Well, you. you know, it's it's like the ultimate James Bond simulator. The way James <laughs> Bond was written, not the way he's presented in film, I by the way. Oh, yeah, oh my gosh, you got to play. They're fun. Once you figure out what you're trying to actually do. I've played it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm talking, of course, the rebooted Hitman, not maybe, I haven't played the original game. Oh, no, I have But the rebooted one. ones yeah. are clever because you get to find ways to cause an accident to kill and it turns wow. out your targets are very bad people anyway so but yeah I, but i saw that one but i can go in and buy used games plus you know since i'm saving for a ps5 i can go in and maybe start stocking up and have a library of ps5 games by the time i get my system i already have some games to play you know so gamestop is treating their customers very well vintage stock will screw your customers over thank you very much that's what you get for crossing me vintage stock. I'm telling all my listeners not to shop in your stores. Find your local comic dealers. Find a good GameStop. Because, heck, you know, GameStop, remember they had that wonderful thing where their stock was going down and everyone jumped in and bought stock and saved that company on Reddit. And a lot of people profited because GameStop is taking care of customers even when they're not trying. All right. So, GameStop, y'all. I'm right now. I don't have an endorsement. I will try to get some links on my website because at one point I did have some, uh, some affiliate links. I need to get that, but going again. I can't remember who I had my affiliates through, but I occasionally I still get emails through the GameStop affiliate things. You know what? 
I'm bringing it back. GameStop, brother. Can I say it again? GameStop. It wasn't vintage stock, was it? <laughs> it wasn't vintage stock. Vintage stock, I'm done with them. Because they can't even call me back to try to explain this to me. I may have had an identity theft. And they've, they even had a thief bring your stuff over to them. And you yes. would even with bringing police around, you're only able to say, hey, we need to put a stop. Don't sell these. Because these are stuff that were stolen from my store. And you had stuff that was like your father's old things, all kinds yeah, of stuff. But. I forgive him for it, but because they're not the thief, at least. Yeah, they weren't the thief, it's but they could have been a lot more helpful to yeah, they help you recover your stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. the only thing that really irked me the most, and this really wasn't them. I must give them credit for this. It wasn't really them that said it. It was actually the police officer. But uh, at the time... They he said to me, I say, am I able to get my things back? He said, yeah, you can buy them back. <laughs> but that hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that really hurt. Yeah. The, buy back the the few things that were left over that was stolen from. Anyway, yeah. those are just things and yeah. all that. But, but still, it was the memories you had with them because some of the stuff yes, was from your father. My father and all. Yeah. It, it really, and to be honest with you, it wasn't the stuff. It was the attitude thereof. That, that was the police officer, not the vintage people. I'm ah. just, I just want to make that clear. okay. But vintage stock, we still don't like them anymore. Okay, you, you okay. I'm you, no longer going to shop them until, unless I hear back from them and they get this cleared up and we go. fix this because there's no reason to ban me from selling yes. to old games to them. That doesn't make sense. I don't even understand. But um, so they better have a darn good reason, and uh, hope I don't have to bring them up again. <laughs> I'm just reminding you, like Kevin Smith when he was thrown off an for, airplane I for being and sitting in two seats. I was like, y'all but, seem to forget. I have a voice, so people will listen to me. I do. For, I personally forgive them, but uh, for all that stuff. Yeah. But they but still I need to treat their customers better. I agree. I understand your situation. Or former customer. I understand, brother. Hello, GameStop. All right. So, <laughs> but okay. So there was another game while I was at GameStop, and this is where I got to talk about this game a little bit. I've only uh, just scratched the surface on this game, but Phil, you'd love this. It's a fairly. I think it only came out maybe last year, maybe a year before. It's called The Outer Worlds, and this is I call it. It's Space Cowboys. Oh, cool. I mean, like, because uh, it's, it's sci-fi, it's outer space, but, like, the first planet you're on, you're totally in, like, an old west town, man. That's great, because, you know, some people call oh, me... Oh, so cool. Some people call me Space, space Cowboy. Space Cowboy. Some call me the Gangster of Love. Yeah. Some people call me Maurice. There we go. <laughs> but I sing for the pompous of love. Oh, indeed. Oh, but you would love this. Uh, and it's it's kind of difficult, because there's, there's times I got some fights, and I got, like, five guys coming and gunning for me, and I'm like, uh-oh, and you get into trouble. you you got to be smart and get behind, find you some cover. Uh, but it's the first person, open world, in different planets. I've only so far been on the, like, well, I guess three locations, because I did do a little, quick little station, but I'm on a space station. I had to stop, because uh, we need to make this show today. But, oh, my goodness, the style of this is just fun, and it's a Western in space so sure. far. I'm loving this. It's called The Outer Worlds. It was kind of a... Kind of a, almost an indie game, but not quite. I mean, it's where it's it didn't come out to a big hubbub, but it's just it's really great. It's creative. Oh my goodness, this is so much fun! I gotta I gotta show you this game. You'd love it. But anyways, all right. So we've talked about games long enough. It's time. I only have a little bit of news and everything, but I gotta hit the button just so we can talk about just a little bit of news. That was not the right button, oh, brother. No, That's not it either. <laughs> Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, so the only thing, and this is, I feel obligated to mention the Oscars, just because of some stuff, and I, I've kind of gotten to a point where 
I, I like the Oscars in Hollywood. We uh, let's face it, they're out of touch with us regular folks. Yeah, they've been for quite some time. Yes, so are. I don't really pay attention to the Oscars. Yeah, love them. Even Ricky Gervais couldn't save them. No, I oh I loved his speech. Oh, but, he was, uh, he's so great. But I got to mention a Best Picture nominee. Yes. Couple of them, Dune. Oh, that Dune was a good got movie. a Best Picture nominee. They did a good job. And Steven Spielberg, brother, he's back. Yeah. And I haven't gotten to see this yet. His West Side Story has got nominated for I Best Picture. I want to see that because I love the original. So I haven't if, seen the original. Well, I got but, it. You know me. Yeah. But so see, I'm looking forward to seeing the new one. Yeah, indeed. I, I would like to see what he's done with it. The music in that first, you know, I got soundtrack even. I mean, oh, of I've course told you, you. you. You know me. I, first yeah. of all, seeing how I love uh, Romeo and Juliet, and it's a retelling yeah. of Romeo and Juliet. I mean, what can I tell you? Yeah. It's But it's, I mean, that first one, it, if it's even half as good, for, which I know it is. But it's it half, must be. Yeah, if it's even half as good as that first one, then it's going to be great. Because not only is it, and I, I'm sorry if I'm ruining this for anyone. I'm surely not, folks. We haven't seen this from now. I ain't seen late. it. But hey, hey I, wait, 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 I ain't seen it. Oh, I, I'll, 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 stop it. I'm simply saying this. This is not ruining anything. The uh, the story of Romeo and Juliet. Is yeah, not, we know that story. It's just not just a story of love. It's also a story of prejudice. Mm, it's a story true. of families hating one another. It's a story of all those types of things. And um, that's the important thing to remember. Uh, it, it basically says that these people hate one another and they use that back then in the uh, late 50s, early 60s to tell you that, that people shouldn't hate each other because they're different. Right. And True. it's a retelling of that which is beautiful. Yeah. Great story. And, it's, and, it, and it, when you look at the story of Romeo and Juliet, it's it's love overcoming hate, but then it's hate destroying love. Yes. And that's the warning. Yes. It's, it, it shows hate, how love can overcome the hate. It's my, oh, my love coming for my only hate is uh, even a line Romeo utters in there. Mm. But then we see what the hate does and destroys. Mm. Exactly right. So, you know, that, I, I don't know if West Side Story comes out to a bad end or not. I don't know. I need to see it. I need to see it. I say nothing. Yeah, say nothing because <laughs> I, I want to see it. But here's, here's some other stuff that's kind of fun. Actor in a leading role. We got some Disney people here. Other than Will Smith, I don't. Th- well, Will, Will Smith has probably done a Disney movie, but through a side company, I don't know. But we got Javier Bardem, which I, I love him. He's great at playing scary people. Uh, he's actually in the, for something being the Ricardos, which I meant to watch. I haven't watched it. He plays mm-hmm. Ricky Ricardo. But you got Andrew Garfield actually in Tick Tick Boom, mm-hmm. and of course Will Smith, and then uh, Denzel Washington, uh, the tragedy of Macbeth, oh, which yeah. just came out. I can't um, see that. But you've got an even actor in supporting role, J.K. Simmons, and being the Ricardo. So I mean, you've got some Marvel actors. Who are yeah. getting some uh, some nods, which I got to bring that up too. And seeing how you're you're talking about uh, West Side Story, the original, the original West Side Story, the main guy in that is a Disney guy because he you you remember you remember the the guy from I think we've talked about it before, um, oh um, Johnny Tremaine. I still need to see that. Dude. Oh, we need to watch that. We I need to, to watch it. I know every, every year around 4th of July, I'm like, man, this is the time I'm supposed to be oh, watching well, Johnny Tremaine. Do. Disney Plus doesn't have it. it well, I what do. in the world? So, yeah. Man, we got to watch it. I keep one, hearing. One of the main guys in that, Johnny Tremaine, he was the main character in West Side Story. Nice. The original, I'm talking. So, Yeah. Uh, something else I got to bring up, just because, you know, I'm I'm sure we've carried some of our, our Disney fans with us. Animated feature film. This is kind of cool. Encanto, which I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, it was uh, all right. Yeah. Luca, mm-hmm. I'm I'm backing Luca. 
Mm-hmm. Pixar. I love Pixar. But the nice thing, kind of fun thing is Disney has two movies in here because I guess Ryan the Last Dragon would still count as being, but I, that's been over a year ago, but I guess this is still within this term. But Disney technically has two movies and Pixar has one in there. And then there's also The Mitchells versus The Machines, which I didn't see. And then something called Flea, which is a foreign film hmm. animated. But I'm totally going, come on, Luca. Yeah, I also I, I like, was the, I like the Ryan one. That was uh, the Ryan, yeah, Ryan the Last Dragon was was pretty good. I really enjoyed the animation. Yeah. It yeah. was tremendous. The style of it. it, it was pretty good. It felt like it was uh, the plot of a video game too. It felt like Legends of Zelda come to life in a weird way, uh, but it wasn't one of Disney's best. No, uh, but I, I like the messages and things in that. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, but I, I didn't care for. Uh, um, What's her name? That she was a lot better in Shang Chi. She Aquafina. I didn't care for her. She has great voice though. I will say, in the sense that she has such style. Yeah, and she definitely. It was a style that just didn't fit with the tone of the film. But she definitely. I'll say this: she's a great animated character in the sense that she seems like an animated character even when she's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what we'll put it. She's a character. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we've we've got a lot of different stuff, and Cruella, I guess we'll mention for costume design that I feel to be very appropriate somehow. Mm. I don't really want to see the movie, me neither. But you know, being that it's about uh, a fashion villain, uh, costume design that fits, that fits. But yeah, so that's the only thing that I wanted to bring up for for any sort of news this week. And sure. now we oh we, we're going to have some fun now, brother, because we're going to the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator. Give me that sugar. The Neverland Trailer Park. So this week was full of trailers that I didn't know were coming and one that we were waiting for. That I, they, they've been advertising that it was coming. And we'll get to that one. But I got a few uh, things that surprised me this week. The first one I'm going to play for you is called Lightyear. A year of work for a four-minute flight. Isn't that something? <laughs> We're all ready if you are, sir. Well, let's go find out if this... <laughs> uh, we got a breach in the perimeter. <laughs> Thank you. Buzz Lightyear mission log. After a full year of being marooned on this planet, our first test flight is a go. Get everyone home. Good luck, Captain. We're all counting on you! Roger that. There's a star waiting in the sky. Hello, Buzz. I am Socks, your personal companion robot. We're being pursued by a... Just a massive robot! That was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. I can provide sleep sounds if you like. I have several options. Summer night, ocean paradise, whale calls. No, no. White noise is fine. Very well. Good night, Socks. Good night, Buzz. (sighs) 
Every hero has a beginning, and you go on an intergalactic adventure with Disney and Pixar's Lightyear, June 17th, 2022. This, all right, of course, um, let me go ahead and finish, I guess, reading what it says here. It says, Lightyear is the definitive orange story of Buzz Lightyear, the hero who inspired the toy and follows the legendary Space Ranger on an intergalactic adventure. Buzz's world was always something I was excited about, says director Angus McLean. In Toy Story, there seemed to be this incredible backstory to him being a Space Ranger that's only touched upon, and I always wanted to explore that world further. So my Lightyear pitch was, what was the movie that Andy saw that made him want a Buzz Lightyear toy. I wanted to see that movie, and now I'm lucky enough to get to make it. Now, when I look at this, this is Chris Evans, which is kind of weird to have him voice, and I'd like the Tim Allen voice, but did anybody else think Buck Rogers? Well, yeah. It, the, the only thing that they uh, had anything similar to this with is the TV series. And if you recall, yeah. they had the voice of, and I can't think of his name right now, The, the he was from Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Um, Pat, um, Pat Putty. Uh, um, yeah, was it... Uh, Pat, Bur- Pat Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Pat, Pat Warburton. That's the only thing I could think of that had anything similar to this. And this wasn't his early uh, life. Talking about uh, uh, Buzz. Yeah. This was. Uh, based- he was. It was him. Was, it was. It was Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Yeah, Star Command. It was uh, the whole thing. And it was basically a lot of great characters in a lot that of great characters. And so they've done this, but it wasn't his early life. Right. This was. It was. Wasn't. He said it almost. Almost like Pat would have. Right. Right. <laughs> I love that guy, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but everybody the, does, really. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> but he, uh, they, the way they did that cartoon was pretty much these stories in this sense. Yeah. How they're trained and all. So they, it's not like this has never been done, but this is done for more of a serious. This is more of the canon one. Yeah. I this guess. is the you. Call Although canon. they did establish, I think, with the cartoon, they like they when did? they they premiered it with a movie that I never didn't and, see, but they had like Buzz and Woody sitting at a TV with oh, the other toys to watch the cartoon. But, Which I hope they do kind of with this. And I have it, uh, but they had the, uh, if you want to call it canon, they did have it straight to video, and it was animated. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. animated straight, you know, hand-drawn, hand animated, really good. And that was Tim Allen's voice. That was before it was. Yeah. Uh, when and, they did that. You know, I've, I've never seen that original movie, but I, I liked watching I the cartoon. It, and the great thing about that, too, was William Shatner did a little talking thing on there. He was really? like, that song at the end. And he was involved. And that made it to me. That made it much fun. That's so much better. It, because I don't know. You, first of all, Shatner's cornball, just like all yeah. the rest of the people involved. And not just that, folks. Star Trek. It brings it full circle again. We're going back to that. Right. Brings it full circle. Come on. Although I, you know, I expect a few Star Wars nods, kind of like because well, what sure. we got in Toy Story too. Well, sure. We do get to see Zerg in there. But and I wonder if they're going to keep the idea that Zerg is his father. Maybe. But I don't. I don't know. That but, would be kind of cool. But what would be great is, uh, at least when it comes to, to this whole thing, um, w- when we were talking about Shatner and all that, Star Trek and Star Wars, they have such a an old school sci-fi greatness. The richest. Yeah. I mean, they are sci-fi. I'm not saying that there's none other great sci-fi things, but they are basically the two biggest bestest and of sci-fi yeah. of sci-fi sci-fi and fantasy really because star wars is a fantasy oh yeah in a sci-fi but, but environment all, yeah they star all trek is pure the, sci-fi it all comes full circle yeah. again and and you know you can go with doctor uh doctor who and all that is pretty big it, yeah. it goes right in there but man yeah those those are all pretty big big names yeah. in those areas but to get us back to what we're supposed to be yeah. talking about with buzz lightyear in this yeah. trailer <laughs> what the reason why i call all this kind of a, reminds me of buck rogers oh, is yeah. it appears that they're they're te- about to do a test flight of some sort of new maybe maybe it's a new warp drive but they've been on some sort of planet 
are somewhere. You know, they're looking to get off. And it seems like Buzz may have, what the experiment may have worked too well, and he's now away, far from home in a whole different yeah. area, and now he's going to join the Space Rangers. That's what it appears to me, because it seems a lot of stuff is new to him, like this little robot cat, which cracks me up. I have a question for you about that cat. Who is it who does the voice of that cat? Because he sounds so familiar. Let me see. Well, uh, previously announced Chris Evans, who lends his voice to Buzz, uh, Kiki Palmer, Dale Souls, Taika Watiti as a group of ambitious oh, recruits. Taiko, yeah. Peter Stone voices Buzz's robot companion, Socks. I have no idea who Peter Stone is. Well, I first heard that voice. I said, my gosh, that's... Efren cool. Ramirez, though, I believe that he was Pedro in Napoleon Dynamite. I think that's who that is. I see his voice that's in here. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of, I, I kind of do hope that we do get eventually working in some of the characters from the the old animated series. Like they go ahead and connect and say, "Oh no, these animated stories are part of Buzz's history as well." I would love to see that connection because that there were be, some great characters well, in that Zerg, cartoon. You mentioned Zerg uh, earlier, yeah, and, and we do get a look at Zerg in this trailer. He's oh, big yeah. and scary, and that that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because. I like the cartoon, and they did, and I like that Wayne Knight at the time was involved yeah, with the voices um, um, on that. He was that one. I, I can't remember any of the characters' names. I can kind of picture him because he was kind of like a bigger guy. Then they had the Wayne Knight, kind of the cute alien girl. Hey, well, this is interesting too. Wayne Knight uh, goes also into Seinfeld with yeah, because yeah. you know Wayne Knight Newman. That's how he got real popular. Yeah, Newman and Jurassic Park, of course. And you know, I mean, how can you not? Uh, but that's nice. Gotta go. Yeah, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. <laughs> yeah. Not very far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but that being said, I love him in those things. Yeah. What's great about that is that when when Zerg first shows up, he was also, of course, another character in that cartoon, in Toy <laughs> Story. He was the one who was selling those toys yeah. and all. He's so great in that movie. Everything for a buck, buck, buck. <laughs> buck, yes. buck, buck. Yes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this. I didn't think I would be looking forward to it, but every time, every, the looks that I've been getting on it, like, plus, it's Pixar. Oh, yeah. I, Pixar so far hasn't made a movie that I didn't have a good time. Yeah. So, for the they, most part, I think they're all They're out A-plus. doing Disney. Yeah, that's all I got to say. They're yeah. out doing Disney. All right, I want to move on to something that surprised me the other day. It's called The World Needs Heroes. Ah, yes. Who are you under there? What are you hiding? My son dreamt of a better world. That's why he saved me. You can go to any timeline, any universe. Why fight to save this one? What could be greater than a king? A hero. I just got goosebumps. If we don't stand up, no one will. Come with us. There's a glorious world out there. Waiting for you. The Batman, Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman in The Lost Kingdom. And DC's promising to put all these movies in the theaters. And this one little thing, the, the thing is, me being the Marvel guy that I am, it says the world needs heroes. And it's a DC ad for all their stuff doing this year. I'm like, the world needs heroes. The world's got heroes. It's in the Marvel Cinematic the Universe, brother. The world needs DC heroes, which most of those were first. They need good, they need good DC movies. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what we hey, need. Hey, now, did you recognize 
who Michael Keaton's voice there and talking to the Flash. Yeah, did you recognize the man speaking to to a Black Adam there? Yes, indeed. Good old Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, perfect for the role, man. Who, who is he supposed to be though? He's, I can't remember. The You're char- the DC guy, man. I can't remember the character's name. He's the one who hands over the powers of the Shazam things. I just can't think of his name. Who makes sure that they receive? So he's the, like before the Wizard Shazam. Then y- yes, he and I can't think of his name. But, I have no idea. But Pierce Brosnan is one of my all-time favorites. He's a and great. Yes, he's I a great love one. him, man. He'd just be great for this. I just can't think of his name right now. The character, I mean, I have no idea. But, and I did see some other characters that kind of recognize you know what the, in the gold armor. Uh, I can't think of who that is. Um, are you talking about? Uh, you're not talking about the Hawkman. No, I know Hawkman. Yeah, of but the, the other guy that you see, him, he wears blue with like gold armor. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's got uh, like a shield normally. Yeah, that's um. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can see it. I, I want to call him the Guardian, but that's not right. Yeah, that's right. There's Is gar- it right? There's Guardian. There's also um. Uh, I get him and Adam mixed up for some reason. I know that's not right, but they. But I don't know my DC very well. But I know I've seen that guy in like the Superman animated series. You don't know your DC very well. We I do not know my DC. We we pray. I'm a Marvel guy. We pray for him. (laughs) I I am a Marvel guy. I love both. I I do love me some Superman and Batman. Sure. And I do love some Green Lantern too. Green Lantern. Well, in reality, there's about five or six characters, maybe more, of DC that open the door for other characters. Batman, Superman, obviously, Wonder Woman, you know, the Justice League. They opened yeah, well, the door for everyone else. In 79, when they bl- made everybody believe that a man could fly, when they when they took Superman That's seriously, uh, thank you, Richard Donner, for taking it seriously Richard, compared yes. to what they did to your Superman 2 and made it silly. And, and say what you but will. But showing us that this is what we could have. And say what you will, but I know people like to joke about it, but in reality, Adam West, at the time... He did make Batman popular. He really did, and made it silly though too. Well, he well, it was already silly. Yeah, at that time, folks, they were making fun of themselves in a way. It, at that time, that was the Batman you had in the comics. Mm-hmm. That's the way it was. So they were just making what you had in the comics. Yeah. That's how it was. Well, the comics started to reflect it because really, and there was a thing I was watching on that where they, they basically the the sixty series was meant to kind of be in a satire of what was in the comics. Yeah. So but then the, they they got everybody loved that style that, that the they comics went started farther. went a little further to kind of match. Yeah, they they was already that way yeah. for so long in and the, in the early fifties and forties, and so they went campy. <laughs> yeah, and then Frank Miller says like, "Hey, I remember what the original comics were like. Let me go that way a little bit for one year. It was only <laughs> serious for one year. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, yeah." But you know, I am looking forward to seeing some of these movies. I'm you know, like a Black Adam. I'd kind of like to see that. I'm waiting for Shazam too, but they didn't. I guess that's 2023. Yeah, and you got and I'm, uh, the only reason I'm going to see that Flash movie is because they have Michael Keaton's Batman universe brought in. I do. I, I must. This is going to sound so horrible. I don't like the actor playing the Flash. I yeah. didn't like. I him like before. him in some other stuff. Yeah, I, in the Fantastic Beasts series, I like him in there. Uh, I'm not he's, saying he's not a good actor. I just mean he himself. He's a goof. But as the uh, Flash, yeah, definitely. Well, in, in real life, I've, seen I've him never seen him in real life so. as himself in interviews. Mm-hmm. He acts like such a goofball. However, he's still a good actor, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't fit the Flash very well, or at least hasn't so far. That doesn't mean I'm not looking forward to seeing him himself as the Flash, because I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah, he. I will say this too, from what I've seen in that commercial so far. Just the way the outfit looks is much, 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 improved, much better. Much improved. It looks like what you see in the comic books now. Yeah. That first thing yeah. they had. In that it looked like it was like, stitched together with barbed wires. I didn't mind it being a beginning, for, but I was hoping even by the end it would look a smidge better. But, yeah, but this, this, this will, I think it will be tons better, yeah. and I think he'll do better. Um, I hope so. I hope he's not supposed to be so. that comic relief again. That was That was really bad. 
that that was that was really bad. That comic relief, quote unquote. Yeah, you need to be funny. making him a joke. Well, you know, there's a difference between Barry Allen and Wally West, and they had him acting a little bit more like Wally West. Wally West is a little bit more but lighthearted compared to Barry. If you're supposed but... to be a comic relief, you need to be funny. <laughs> no, yeah, no, and he wasn't. No. Kind of like having the one girl that's in the two broke girls in the Thor movies that's supposed to be the comic relief, and she's just not funny. No. <laughs> and I was not happy to see her in WandaVision. I was like, oh, but she was not annoying in WandaVision, thank goodness. But, oh, she just wasn't funny. She was annoying. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I don't care if she's cute. Kat Dennings, you know, but yeah. you, and maybe she's funny in other stuff. Because I guess her, I don't know her, her TV series. Uh, she was on the Two Broke Girls. I never watched it. And maybe that show was funny, but I, she was not funny in the Thor movies. But anyways, let's let's move on. Speaking of uh, Marvel. Every night, I dream the same dream. And then. The nightmare begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda. What do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. Six Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now this trailer just dropped, you know, just a little bit uh, before we even started recording. I did not know that this was coming, uh, but I figured for Super Bowl it was good. They were, I, I, I had a feeling during the Super Bowl they were gonna they were gonna see something. So oh, this is the first I'd seen of it. But all right, let's see what it says. It says Enter a new dimension of Strange. Watch the official trailer from Marvel Studios Doctor Strange. Okay, I already got the. But all right, here we go. Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The MCU unlocks the multiverse and pushes its boundaries further than ever before. Journey into the unknown with Doctor Strange, who, with the help of mystical allies, both old and new, traverses the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. And I mean, we see Mordo is back, and I cannot think of the name of the weird squid with eyes with an eye there he was in that marvel superheroes fighting game though back in the 90s yes but i can't recall i can't think either. of his name either but oh my goodness that looks so good we'll call him squid eye 
<laughs> Squ- Squid Eye. Squiddy. Uh, oh, man. I, I want to say it's Shumagorath. That might be right. And that might be who it is. But I, I don't typically read a lot of these. But, woo. Woo. Intense. And I love Wanda. Wanda makes a pretty good point. When I break the rules, I was the bad person. How come you're okay and you you help people? Well, Wanda, you did really mess up. And, and, and so did apparently Doctor Strange. But... I don't know. Maybe his mistakes, you know, mistakes were different. Because yeah, she did. You know, and I think she's she's coming to terms of, you know, being sorry for what she did, out of her mourning, uh, and then you know, I so I I, I like that we're getting some development of that. She did it for herself, though. She did it for herself, and yeah, and we don't know. Maybe Doctor Strange, something else he's going to do that's going to be bad. But yeah, I guess him doing something for Peter and then having to fix it in the previous Spider-Man movie, which I've told Heather she has to watch Spider-Man because so she, she loves the Doctor Strange movies. She didn't want to see the new Spider-Man. And I said you have to because it sets it up. And there's a connection, very directing wise. Sam Raimi. Yes. Sam Raimi. That's right. I, I love Sam Raimi. Yeah. Have I mentioned that? The, could you tell from the tone? Well, of my Doctor voice? Strange and, and Evil ah! Dead, in a sense. Oh, well, because <laughs> this is supposed to be a scary Doctor Strange movie. Yes, well, Evil Dead, exactly. Oh, <laughs> man. But this looks so great. I cannot wait. May 6th, just mm. a few short months away. Oh, man. This looks so cool. It's so exciting. Uh, I am I am, I am, am down with this. But well, here's the movie I know you're excited for Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, yes. I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion. I love hearing his voice at the beginning yes. of this. Something that was real. Something that they could see and touch. Not be devoid of merit. <laughs> Creation is an act of sheer will. Keep her here forever. They find her, we're never gonna see her again. We gotta protect her. That's our job. Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. Ellie Sattler. Alan Grant. You didn't come out all this way just to catch up now, did you? You coming or what? We're racing toward the extinction of our species. We not only lack dominion over nature, we're subordinate to it. Exactly.
do they always have to go bigger? <laughs> June 10th, Jurassic World Dominion, which, building off of, and I'm glad they bring it up, the ecological disaster mm-hmm. of letting them all loose that ticked me off. And the so first like, one, dumb the, idea. the first one came out June 11th, so I thought that was very interesting. Kind of nice, it's, it, yeah. And, and you know what I noticed at the end there? They're all three standing together near the end there, and they're all wearing pretty much, or very close to the same clothes, the colors <laughs> the even. Because she's wearing the pink with the blue, he's wearing the the, the, the denim blue look, and, and talking about the Alan Grant. And uh, Jeff Goldblum is wearing the black. I thought, man, that's they're nearly wearing the same yeah. color scheme as the original. I loved it. <laughs> well, this summer experienced the epic conclusion to the Jurassic era as two generations unite for the first time. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are joined by Oscar winner Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Sam Neill in Jurassic World Dominion, a bold, timely, and breathtaking new adventure that spans the globe. Timely? Hmm. Uh, for Jurassic World architect and director Colin Trevorrow, Dominion takes place four years after Isla Nublar has been destroyed. Dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures. And I think once again, why does nobody listen to Malcolm? Yes. Ian Malcolm's usually right on these things. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're going to be subservient to nature. But at this you point. know what is nice that even though, it, whenever they brought out the the second film, it wasn't the greatest. But uh, talking about the Lost World, the original Lost World. Yeah. What, what's really nice is well, not quite the original Lost World. There was a film called The Lost World back in the thirties. The original Lost World of the Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, the Lost World, world specifically. The uh, right. whenever they brought that out. It was great that to to hear him say that. Now that it could be replayed. You're right. Did you ever think you'd hear me say that? He said to to uh, oh uh, Ian Malcolm, mm. and that is now those words sound ever so true. Yeah, he's right, and they never listen to him. Yeah, but it's great though to know not not because Ian Malcolm has to be right, yeah. but because to know that he came full talking about the uh, oh, um, oh John Hammond John Hammond yeah. Hammond. Realized how wrong he was. How wrong he had been, and and he became a very good man by the time he was a good man anyway. Yeah, he but, was a good man, but he didn't allow that that, that money, you know, yeah. laundering to to be or laundering. I meant to say, <laughs> I meant to say, the, money. The money lo- he lost in that whole venture, and the yeah, money he, he invested in that. You he know. he ended up allowing money to to be his main goal yeah. in life, and eventually. Yeah. He had good intentions. He had good intentions. He, but unfortunately, it, it kind of won out over him. Yeah. And and he didn't mean to. He's He wondered if he could, didn't stop to think if he should. There it is. There it is. Well, there it is. I got one more thing. Go ahead. One more thing. Here we go. This is going to be short, though. Streaming March 11th on Disney+. Plus. Hey, man. Breakfast is ready. Oh, hey. From Disney and Pixar. What's happening? This little quirk runs in our family. Yes! No! That's just my energy. Any strong emotion will release the panda. Disney and Pixar's Turning Red. Rated PG. O-N-G. Original movie streaming March 11th only on Disney+. Plus. So, wow. And you haven't seen anything of Turning Red, although I've, we have discussed it, but I think it's yes. the first time you've was watched it. I actually it, but, watched it, yeah. But it, 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 it looks adorable. It does fun. look adorable. I didn't think it looked that good. Now, correct me here, because 
when you said it said panda, a red panda, red panda, what is that an actual yes critter? It looked like a fox. Brother, we need to take you to the zoo. They ah, have they're adorable in real that's life. Really, we cute. have some at the Hanzity Zoo. I love them. Oh, they are adorable. they are so oh, cute. Maybe they I've live in colder one. environments, and yes, like in November, they have like a red panda day. Even that uh, that's adorable because it gets about the perfect temperature in, in a lot of Looks zoos. Like a little fat fox. They're kind of like that, but I don't know how they get because they're more similar to a raccoon. Yes, in yes. a lot of ways, but I guess raccoons are supposed to be similar to pandas in a way too. Yeah. So, but yeah, red pandas are one of the cutest animals on this planet. Yes, it's adorable looking. And we have I, you, you've probably seen one at the zoo because we, we we took the all I, I the imagine, ki- church kids it one looks time. Familiar. Yeah, you've probably seen one. Uh, but I, I absolutely love them. They're they're some of the cutest little animals. That and tree kangaroos. Oh yeah, yeah. Love tree kangaroos, but that's what they remind me of. But yeah, so in this, I'm hoping because Disney's already cursed this one to not get a chance to be in the theaters. They're putting us straight to Disney+. Plus. We already discussed that at a length. I'm hoping they don't decide, you know what? Lightyear's going to do better than our movies. Let's put it on Disney+, Plus instead of letting it go into theaters. No, oh, no, no, no. But I don't, don't want to get on that. I already got on that soapbox long enough. But, you know, I'm still excited for it. I wish it was going to be in theaters. I'd like to have gone to theaters. It looks silly fun. Also, though, I've, there's bits of it that makes me think Teen Wolf. Because we see like a dodgeball game and like she's starting to learn a little bit of control. Oh, yeah. And she's using a little bit of her uh, giant panda. Because she's a I giant didn't think side. About that, but her yeah, pandas that's... are small. But she she flings the dodgeball with a panda arm. Like she gets a little bit of control over it and used to that, use it. Yeah, that's... I, I'm sensing a lot of Teen Wolf vibes, which I, I kind of was getting when I first saw something about this probably like a year ago. But it looks at. Uh, plus, I love red pandas, so I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I am down with this. <laughs> so but I think they said March 11th. So that's coming up in. Just under a month you know, to Disney+. There's Plus. a lot of good things coming out around now. Yes, indeedy. But it's now time to leave the trailer park and talk about the maestro. And I got some biography information. I mean, I I went digging. I wanted to get like the best stuff. And I mean, his there's a JohnWilliams.org. It's an official site. Uh, I could almost read this, but I'm showing Philip how much information they have on him. But uh, I mean, let's let's. The first line they have on this biography on his website says, "In a career that spans five decades." Yes. Five decades. John Williams has become one of America's one of America's most accomplished. Oh, he is the let's let's say he is the He's most the. accomplished and successful composers for film and for the concert stage. He has served as music director and laureate conductor of one of the country's treasured uh, treasured musical institutions, the Boston Pops Orchestra, and he maintains thriving artistic relationships with many of the world's great orchestras, including the Boston Symphony Orchestra, mm-hmm. the New York Philharmonic, the Chicago Symphony, and the Los Angeles Philharmonic. Mr. Williams has received a variety of prestigious awards, including the National Medal of Arts, the Kennedy Center Honor, the Olympic Order, and numerous Academy Awards, Grammy Awards, Emmy Awards, and Golden Globe Awards. He remains one of our nation's most distinguished and contributive musical voices. That's right. 90 years old and still going. Yeah, that's right. He ain't slowing down for nothing. Now, why don't we, heck, I might as well just use this... Uh, well, the one thing is fun in television, you know, I, don't, I, I always forget about this one that he's credited. And when you look in television, you know, Wagon Train, you know, a yeah, lot of I fun stuff. But uh, we get in here. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Gilligan's Island. Yeah, I knew that. I always forget about that one. You know one. how I knew that? I, one day I was looking. I, I, I didn't I, I didn't realize it until I was looking up uh, stuff on my computer one day of different uh, John Williams music for my stuff. And I didn't realize 
that came up. That's crazy. And we all remember the theme to Gilligan's Island. It's a great theme. I mean, golly, who would have thought? But you know, the, the fun thing is there's a lot of little films he did. But then we the, the one I want to get into, and let me guide well, it up Jeremy, here. Even throughout his Fitz career, Willie is actually available to, to actually watch on HBO Max. Even by throughout the way, his he did career, the weather started getting rough. The mighty <laughs> ship was tossed. <laughs> uh, beside an adventure, but I believe oh, where's the one that I always remember? Sugarland Express. That is the one, 1974. That is the one Steven Spielberg saw that and loved the music. That's right. And chose like, hey, I, w- I wonder if this guy will come up and do Jaws. Now I love this story of Jaws. When yes. uh, when John Williams had been working on it and invited Stephen over, and John Williams, you know, he's he's got a good sense of humor. He's kind of hey baby, he's kind of jazzy, and I guess apparently in his way of his yeah. manner. But he got Steven Spielberg over to his piano and went do do, and Steven Spielberg thought he was joking with him. I was like, oh, he, he that's said, funny, John. He said it was too simple, <laughs> and he said, but the best things usually are. This is about Stephen mm-hmm. here. He said the best things usually are. Well, yeah, because they said he's kind of a, a beatnik t- type. Yeah, he's very yeah. very old school. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, talk mm-hmm. about John Williams. Yeah, yeah. He said but, so. He's so simple. He said he, he laughed because he said it just couldn't be. Yeah, he but thought, he, "Oh, you're pulling my leg. It's yeah. a joke. This is so funny." And then John Williams was like, "This is your shark. Their music yeah. is your shark." Yeah. And as it gets closer, it gets more intense. He said, he said, and that's one of the scariest he, themes he you'll ever hear. He said, "Do it again." And he yeah. listened to it. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, that's brilliant." And he yes. said, "You can go faster with it. You go slower, folks." To this day, I'm going to tell it all myself here. My, okay, I'm sorry about this, and, and my brothers, I, they're not going to hear this, but probably, but I'm going to tell you something. This this happened one time long ago. In a galaxy I, far, far near. Oh, <laughs> no, no, right right upstairs from where I'm at right now. Let me tell you something. I was a little boy. I, my, I think I was five years old, and I was taking a bath. And now back in the day, it, little play toys and things, you know how it was, five mm-hmm. years old. Anyway, I'm in there, and my brothers – we, there was a John Williams uh, special that had been on TV, and we loved it. And yeah. it, was, it was on one of the award things. We, My brothers had recorded. They had a little tape recorder. They had recorded it. And whenever the orchestra had gone to play that music, my brother David, I believe it was, had recorded that music. And I was taking a bath, and all of a sudden he hit play, and I hear, nan scared the crud out of me i jumped out of the tub and ran down the hall scared i believe i was i just know i had to get the heck out of dodge before that shark ate my butt out of the tub tub. (laughs) that shows how much john williams has so much power folks do you know that john williams is the reason that i've learned how to swim no joke in the because you wanted to swim away from the shark. Now I now I know this, this shows how ignorant I was as a kid, but folks, I started swimming because I knew that Jaws three was about to come out, and when I'd be in the pool, I swear to you, I could hear da-dum, da-dum, and I was afraid that Jaws was going to jump out of that pool come and out of that water me. and get I you. I didn't care if I got everyone else, but it best not get me. Doggone <laughs> it! Yeah, you you wanted to be the faster swimmer, so the slower swimmer gets eaten, and not you. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, that music is so powerful. Yeah, you could swear there's a shark near you. That's so scary. That's how it spoke. You yeah. know, if it hadn't been for that music, that movie wouldn't be near as good as it is. Mm-hmm. That it. it's what made that be such a blockbuster. I mean, it's it a is. good story. But yeah, but they it's could, a better story than the book of Josh too. Oh, I yes, must say. They, but you know, they couldn't make the shark do anything. Right. But that, you didn't need the it with that music. music. Was the, your the shark? The music was a shark. Yes, it was. Thank you, John. Woo. And now, so he did such a great job with that. Now, suddenly, George Lucas has made this little independent movie, Star Wars. And he's like, man, I don't know how I'm going to score. And he'd, he'd put like a temporary score of classical music mm-hmm. and everything. And his buddy, Steven Spielberg, is like, hey, let me put you in touch with John, who did uh, my music for Jaws. 
and a legend is born in Star oh, Wars. Are you kidding me? Woo! Can you hey, can you even imagine anybody? Else? We can't. I couldn't. Uh, now, I couldn't. Now, granted, we, we've been born with this, and, and literally, seeing how you were born right before the movie yeah. came out, and Back I was the, the day after the, the exact day after. Well, still brand yeah. new baby, and I was just a baby when it came out. Mm-hmm. Our whole life, we and everybody that since then, we can't imagine anything else. No kidding. And so many others after. Uh, we, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Is there any yeah. other movies? No, on? I was, I was listening in. Well, I mean, the only thing that, I was going to add is like one of the best compliments I've heard somebody say is like John Williams is good at telling you what to feel. Yeah, well, yes. He is the emotion. He is the heart of a film when he composes. I was telling you about the special they had had. It wasn't just about him. It was mm-hmm. about a lot of the music, the movies. They were mentioning how great his film and the movie that he uh, he had made mm-hmm. come to life. One of them, of course, was Jaws. Yes. The other they were talking about at the time was, uh, I'm talking about then, when I was little, uh, Close Encounters. Which is actually one of the next things on the list. Close Encounters was so great. The way, it's so simple. And yet, bring it to life. You But you always know that, too. I've I've only seen like half of that movie. Oh, it's a great movie. I got it. But that that, that did it. you know. And then then he also, right after that, it was between him and one of my other favorite composers at the time. But it, the one that my favorite hero of all time. Oh yeah, superhero all time. Who could it be? Superman. And 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 I want to give credit where credit's due. Richard, the late great Richard Donner. Oh yeah, he loved him so much. They said that when they started recording it, because it was between him and another composer who was good. But whenever he heard that. He said he could hear it going Superman. He yes. was so great. Listen to this when they're they're sitting there recording it. Richard Donner ruined the recording because he was so excited. And he was so excited <laughs> for the film. He come running down as they're recording, going, "Yes, that's it. That's it. It's great. It's great." And he was up and down, excited. You're so great, and and and, and I love it because Richard Donner was so outstanding. And, he, so, and they're all, they everyone start clapping because. And the thing you got to know about Richard Donner. He was so excited that there was times that he would dress up like Superman and run around as Superman. So I can actually imagine him as Superman doing that. Oh, man. Oh. But, but he brought that film to life. Yeah, he did. He you could hear it. Because you've got one of the longest credit scenes I remember as a kid. Yes. But you could listen to it. I still do. And, oh, it's so and, great. And, of course, E.T., Oh, oh yeah, we got to get in. Well, heck yeah, right I, ahead, I would still want to comment it. a little bit more on Superman. Where it's yes. not, I've learned a lot. Uh, David W. Collins, the soundtrack show, breaks into the nuances of how the the music, how it's telling you a story. Yes, absolutely. The way John Williams does, and like, and like, uh, it's a lot of a lot of especially like Star Wars. You have that dun dun. Like oh we've achieved something and then we get knocked down da 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 we've going we've gone further da 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 we strike back da da and then resolve it shows the climb the struggle that he'll put into just even the theme because that's Luke Skywalker's theme that is about his struggle and Superman it has like the pageantry it's a fanfare when you break it down it is a fanfare and it is like the the. Because you know, Superman is supposed to be like, like he's in the movie they present him. He's the example. He's the he, you know they only like they want to be a great people, Kyle. El, they wish to be. They only need the light to show them the way. And so Superman is supposed to be that example of he's helping everybody. He's he doesn't lie. He's he's the Boy Scout. 
Yes, I mean, but you have this fanfare for the character that is like, is presenting him as like this great and wonderful thing, and you feel it. Oh, you feel it. He, he brings oh. such emotion. But see, what's so great too is for me, per, for me personally, when I'm exercising, when I'm exercising, I use yeah. a lot of John Williams music, folks. Oh, yeah, a lot of it, and because it gives me Superman, obviously, and obviously. Star Wars, different ones. It gets to me. It makes me run. It may, but I can't use all of it because the emotion. Sometimes you get me, different emotions and the different things. That's yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. With Star Wars specifically, the one that gets to me every time, and I'm talking about the original now. When I say Star Wars, I'm talking about A New Hope, which, by the way, originally was just called Star Wars. Right. That's all it was. So um, that that original movie, my favorite part is. Uh, whenever Luke is looking out there and uh, oh, seeing the, the dune sunset, the, when he's seeing that sunset, that man, when, when he looks out and sees that sunset, anytime I'm a binary at, sunset, that's what they call it. Whenever yeah. I, I'm yeah. feeling very emotional, folks, that music comes to me, yes. Da, 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 yes. Da, da, da. And then, then all of a sudden, it goes mm. to the great whole orchestra. I love that. It's like, John, you're so brilliant. He is. <laughs> I love you. But yeah, you wanted to mention, of course, ET is coming up a lot later. Well, I definitely yes. had to get in there, but oh, we got sorry. other stuff before we get there that I, because uh, I mean, we're talking Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back, and let's say the let's say yes. the major theme out of there. You've got a, finally a theme for Darth Vader and the Empire. Fine. Bum, and it's bum, it's pomp bum, and circumstance, bum, but it's scary in its own way. It is it is dread. It is you know it see, knows like you're it. in trouble. I gotta sing it. Yeah, da, you know da, that da, the bad da, guys da, are here da, when you hear da, it. Da, but it has this pomp and order to it, and it's a march, really. My, my father was so oh. great. My father was so great. He loved music, you know, and he loved John Williams. He would, but a lot of times. My, my dad was so awesome because whenever something big and bad was about to happen, he couldn't help himself. He a lot of times would go, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Politically, even, if he saw someone he didn't like, I will say who, he a lot of times would go, dun, 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 dun. That's how he was. And because, because you know what was so great? The music, no matter what you may think, music always brings mood. Yes, it does. And, and it's emotion. Music th is emotion. This is why when you're in a Christmas mood, mm. you have certain Christmas music. When you're in the mood church, when you're mood at church, you need hymns. Yeah. You need praise music. Whatever it is. If you're in the mood at your birthday, what do you say? Happy birthday. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. You need something for emotion. You know what you're doing. Yeah. Music is feelings. Romantic, but tomorrow Valentine's Day. Romantic yeah. well, songs. By the time this comes out, it'll be Valentine's yeah. Day. <laughs> Romantic music. Rom you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Music makes you feel, and the best composers bring the feelings. I mean, yes. of, of movies that make me cry, it's usually some of the music that does it to me, and it's frequently John Williams. Certain notes. Certain, yeah, you hit the certain ones, and we're gonna get into one later. You, you know, pulls at your heartstrings, pulls and heartstrings, and always, yeah. But like the next thing that on the list that I got to bring up, though, right? Well, although I got to say the Yoda theme, I love the playfulness oh. you get uh, in the the Yoda theme at the beginning mm. of the concert version. That kind of shows that weird goofiness when Yoda is testing Luke's patience. Dun, 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 yeah, but yet it has this. Almost a sacred quality of like this great wisdom. <laughs> I know exactly wisdom. what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, that's the Yoda thing. But yet we have that playfulness of when he first shows up, but he's kind of funny. And he's this funny little thing. And then, I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience. We suddenly, like, this funny little thing is, oh, I'm getting chills just sitting here thinking. Yes. I, that, I, well, I tell you what, the tingles just went up I and down my it. spine. But oh, woo. Well, because he was basically, yeah. he was playing 
And he was being, he was putting on a, a kind of a show, you could say. Yeah, he, he was testing Luke. He was testing. You better believe it. Because if just one thing I love about you, my home this is. Yes, funny he's being, and then all of a sudden, I cannot teach him. He becomes very serious. Yes, and the music is right with it to tell you. It's brilliant, brilliant, folks. He made a theme that had the that quirkiness, but yet. And and the, we did see even like in the prequels, Yoda had his own bit of sense of humor, but he would yeah. teach you something with his humor. Yes. Oh, lost a planet, my young Master Kenobi has. Find him for him. Find him for him. We will. <laughs> yes. But, but first, hmm, my home. <laughs> but after he's being friendly with his kids, he's like very mysterious and dangerous. This is. Yes. He gets dreadfully serious in that movie. Yes. Mm, pardon me. I've. I'm drinking Mountain Dew. Careful, you must be. Yes, I do too not much, want to burp into the microphone. I'm much, trying not to. Too much do you drink? Too oh, much, yes. Too much I, do. I did do the do. <laughs> All right, but at, of course, we did mention, of course, we were about to get into Raiders of oh, the Lost Ark. Dun, dun, and this is dun, yet dun, another dun, theme. Dun, thank dun, you. Dun, thank dun. you, David W. Collins. Pointed out the human struggle uh, once again in the theme. Yes. Da, 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 achieving something. Get da, knocked down. Because what is the main thing about Indiana Jones? He gets knocked down, and he gets knocked down a lot. But every time he gets, gets knocked up. down, he gets back up. And that's the theme. Da, 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 Lord, I'm up. Da, 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 knocked down. Go back da, 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 going further and getting dragging through the victory. I mean, oh. And he's victory and victory, and I've got the idol. I mean, oh. Holding on. To the idol. <laughs> Holding on. Hope I don't lose it. <laughs> Holding on. Yeah, to but the oh, the, John Williams can tell you so much about a character just from the music that he. Oh my goodness. And you've got some great, and even like the arc theme that oh, mysterious yeah. and scary. And I, one of the things I used to love, I haven't been to Silver Dollar City in a long, 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 long time, like since middle school. But they had a cave you could tour. I remember. Kind of nearby. And you'd go into like this huge chamber, one of the biggest chambers in a cave. Yeah. And they're playing the arc theme like mm. dun, dun, as you're slowly dun. descending down into the cave. And oh, I'd get goosebumps. Yes. My goosebumps would get goosebumps. They were all tingling at the same time every time. I was like, dude, can we do this walk again just so you'll play that music for me? And then whenever oh. when Disney, and I, I, I want to say at the time it was called MGM. But I think they the Disney and Gene Studios. Yeah, now, what do they call yeah. it now? They, uh, now it's just Hollywood? the Disney has Hollywood Studios. Well, they put in a Disney ride. I mean, I mean, excuse me, Indiana, uh, Indiana Jones, Jones ride at uh, Disneyland. Those Disneyland, were the ride, yeah, but they put the, the stunt show in. Florida. Yeah, oh, that's right. Excuse right, me, yeah. I, I'm misremembering. I apologize. Disneyland. Did they have a uh, Indiana Jones ride? How much fun is that? And when you go over I've there, never gotten to ride oh, it. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I don't know. You know but the show is the stunt spectacular. But, but awesome. when you go over there into that ride at Disneyland. What's so great is you hear that music playing, yeah. and oh, it's outstanding. It's Yeah, because it builds up the dread of like, those horrible things happening. Sala. Sala oh. is their host. Yeah, it's, too bad it's not actually Generous Davies, but the guy does a really good job there, whoever they voice. It is him. He, he is. I, they actually, there was, there was a video where they had a convention where they had the guy who does the, the Generous Davies voice. It's not Generous Davies, but it's, it's a really good impersonation. I could, I probably could find it, but there was, he's, there was, he's there was like the, a D twenty three. They had him in there, but he's uh, on the film. He's on the film. Yeah, he's on the film, but yeah. he didn't. He oh, didn't, I see. He didn't voice the, in the ride. I see. That's what you're saying. Yeah, the, uh, the yeah. actual ride things they had somebody else do because John Rhys Davis could be expensive. Because oh, know. I see. It's also why you don't. He's get, not the. They didn't voice, get a very good Harrison Ford though for the ride, no. but yeah, and they did get John Rhys Davis to do the TV special. Yes, yes. So, which is kind of fun. They even got um, Marion uh, to do the. Um, yeah, I forgot the actress's Karen, name. 
Karen Allen. Karen Allen. They got her in there. But yeah, John Reese Davis, they had a really good impersonation to actually do his voice in the ride. Uh, and I, but I, it was, I think it was a D23. I remember watching the video because I thought it had been because it was so good. But then the guy goes and he performs the voice because they frequently like to do that D23, like the people, you know, off the rights come and do their voice sure. and perform it. And, you know, so Corey Burton gets busy every time because Corey Burton's almost on everything over there. <laughs> but, anyways, all right. So the next thing, I don't know what Heartbeeps is, but yes, as you mentioned before, ET, oh, the extraterrestrial, which. Heart, Heartbeeps, that, that was a movie. I just saw a thing about that a couple days ago. That was a movie that had, I want to say, uh, Dan Aykroyd, and uh, it had, um, oh, I can't think of her name right now, um, but I see it. I, I just happened to see a special about the I end never of heard day. of it. It was, a, but yeah, it was a movie about robots, basically. Oh, okay. And, uh, but yeah, I just saw just saw a special about it. <laughs> but anyways, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, which is, it orchestrationally, it's, it's a masterpiece from start to finish. I mean, Steven Spielberg's masterpiece, it's Sean Williams' masterpiece. Oh, absolutely. And that one... Uh, it contains so much emotion. That's the one. That's E.T. is like first movie. I think that just made me cry. <laughs> and the music does so much to help you understand because it's. I mean, you, you, E.T. What's great about it is, you get this weird, strange little creature, but it invites you to understand the story through its perspective, and the music helps. Front, and that's even like uh, I've I've recently I've collected a favorites collection that I've put on my flash drive, and one of the things I like is. Like the opening scene, when you're being shown, Spielberg does it so well, and John Williams does it so well, you're getting to see the redwood forest through the eyes of this little alien who's like in, looking up in wonder at the redwood trees, and the music is like mysterious and scary, like it's a foreign thing to him, and you, you imagine what it'd be like if you didn't understand like a tree, it's like a whole new world for you, and you're just this tiny thing looking up in redwoods, but then from that point on, you start to... The, the music is giving you E.T.'s emotions. And you start to almost hear the screaming. Remember the... Yeah. <laughs> but like the, it, with, with the emotional content of what John Williams can do, he helps you feel E.T.'s emotions, and he gets you in there, and boy, he'll make you cry. It's just and like when oh. he did with Jaws. I mean, cause, mm-hmm. cause the, the, because as you know, that shark wasn't working, so he's like, I'll, I'll, give I'll, I'll, I'll scare you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he that camera would come up, and that camera became the shark. Yeah, you that were seeing everything. Brilliant. The shark is. Look, to be honest with you, and I know this had nothing to do with that music, but in a way it does because the music took over. But the fact that he said, it, in my opinion, it was so great that shark didn't work. Yeah, because it took it, it's so much better the way. If you yeah, look at the, the shark way was, when you actually see it, it's very fakey looking. And and if you see, you see if it. you ever look and see what how they had it all planned out and you know had it all drawn out. Yeah, and it. It would have jumped up on board. You would have seen the beginning of the movie. It would have happened. It would have taken away so much mystery. Yeah. It would not have been near as good. And John Williams did so great at not only making that shark happen, but the way he made E.T. happen. Yeah. It was so much better. Yeah. And John Williams oftentimes becomes, whether you realize it or not, he becomes one of the main stars of the films mm-hmm. for Steven and George and many others. But yeah. in this case, mysteries and stuff. Yeah. But now we move right along. Uh, I mean, we we could we could spend a lot of time oh, talking yeah. Star Wars movies. I mean, because we got still, of course, Return Earth of the Jedi. Jedi. Oh, new yeah. themes in there. I I love the theme he made for Luke and Leia. Oh yes, me too. Is it holds such gravitas and weight of like this whole learning? You know, yes. they're a lot about their past and their history and like this connection thing with the Force and their father. Yes. Uh, it's such and a great piece. You know the part that so was, I think it might be my favorite Star Wars movie. You know one of my favorite parts of that too is at the end because he puts a, a kind of a choir 
kind of a choir in there where uh where you have um the oh yeah that it, it, when the emperor is coming on him oh and, yeah and you can hear and I, I swear every time I hear because I listen to it a lot mm-hmm. I can hear his father Darth Vader I'm sorry if I ruined it for anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, if you sorry. didn't know uh, but when he turns and picks up the emperor to mm. throw him oh and that's how those voices did, kind of oh, fade out uh, you're, you're like, oh my gosh, the power of that! Yeah, and because Luke is losing it. Luke, he's lost his cool. Mm-hmm. He's just taking all out on Darth Vader, and good, good. And the whole thing is mm. so. I get goosebumps sometimes. Yeah. It's so overpowered. The music, everything is so. Ooh boy, it's yeah. something else. And even to just do jump ahead because I do want to be able to wrap this at some point, but. Because uh, I mean, if we spend our time going through every no, daggone I know, movie, I know. but to hit, I don't know why I never hadn't had noticed before until I heard it on a podcast. Where you go now to the Phantom Menace, and that celebratory yeah. theme at the end of the film is the Emperor's theme, sped up mm. into a joyful yeah. march. I know, it's so scary when you realize, oh, because who's actually had the victory but, there? It was Palpatine. But that, show, that shows the Chancellor. brilliance again of John Williams. Yes, he can take even this his like dark. Emperor's theme and make it oh it's the joyful but it's like he's you telling really, you something but you have to think it through because he puts other stuff with it so mm-hmm. that it's almost disguised yes but then again I just but that's the Phantom Menace it, I just it was the a disguised menace yeah, it's, yes. it's a mask that's the, so the people who don't understand that movie that hate it so much is like you don't get what's happening I personally don't like it much I, it's I, like you have to understand but, what's really going on it's the whole plot even as taxation what's all that's a dumb idea this is how Palpatine took power I don't, I don't hate it but, so, but I don't love it however it still got some very interesting gravitas to yeah. it. And a lot of it is because of Mr. John Williams. Brilliant. And, yes, and, Mr. And John I gotta Williams. say, well, we're jumping ahead. But yeah. I'll, I'm gonna, we'll get I'm gonna to come that. back. We'll get to that. But I, I wanted to I wanted to bring up because I don't want to have to go through every movie because there's just too many. Sure. Um we'll you know, the fun thing is you we'll know, I, we'll I can't think of the music of Space Camp. I remember oh, watching a lot good, of time. That's a good movie. Empire of the Sun. I know if I heard the music, I'd recognize it again. I just listened to that music the other day. Oh, the Empire of the Sun? Because yeah. I remember the music being that good. I, I, I the main the part movie. I remember of Empire of the Sun is uh, you have a young um, Batman. Doesn't it? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I just watched the movie. I can bring everyone back. Everyone. I just know. watched that movie the other day. For <laughs> Empire of the Sun? All, all the way through for the first time. I haven't time. seen it in like 30 and years. The music was so great. And I said, yeah. oh, that's John Williams. I recognized it right away. That's yeah. John Williams. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. You can just tell because he's got a way of the. Even the movement, in, you know, there's always some movement going on. If he's, if he's doing like lone tones underneath of it, there might be some movement that brings things along. Oh, oh yeah, and of course we got Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and the great theme he did for the, uh, the for the, the well, the, okay, that too. But I was mainly thinking of like the the uh, I want to call it a goblet, but that's dang it. Uh, well, the um, you know, for the cup. Yeah, the, uh, there's. Da, 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 you know, but oh yeah, you know what yes. I mean. The, there's, there's this great not, not the gauntlet, the um, the but yeah for the uh, the wow the Holy Grail, Holy Grail. The Grail yes. has its own theme That's and the brilliant. legend behind it. And John Williams brought a great theme into that. Oh yes, because. One of the things I love is the 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 ghost, the crusader. Yeah. With it, oh, that's brilliant. And when you see him and you're hearing that theme, as he his hands, like, I'm tingling again. Yes. Ooh, he raises his goodbye. You know. Oh, and, and, oh. But you know what I love too. This is also John Williams. Whew. Not now, Steven Spielberg, of course, great. But I love whenever he says, he goes, uh, "Junior, Junior, Indiana, Indiana, let, let it, it go. go." Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. That's a great movie. Of course, we're talking about the movie itself, but I mean, but the, the music people and the people. The music, yeah. No, but I'm talking about the music because the way the that music is still my favorite. Kinda, the music movie. was so brilliant in that too, because it just kind of <sighs> phased down, 
and see and that takes brilliance too to know when to back off and let let the acting uh, of the great Sean, mm-hmm. late great Sean the Connery, Sean Connery, yeah, brother James Bond, the the James Bond, <laughs> right, the original, the, that's right, the James Bond. Because if it weren't for him, the movies wouldn't be what they are. Because he was so charming. That's right. He was. Oh yeah. Why say thou? And I, there's a lot of great things I can mention between, but the next one that I really have to jump to, Home Alone. Which is an unexpected movie. You don't expect his work on something like that. What movie? What what shows are you skipping? I want to hear uh, well, all I'm of them real quick. Well, I mean, there's David. Real quick, we'll go through. Them real quick. I'm trying to keep this under two yeah, hours, go, brother. Go, I'm so. skipping. I'm skipping. Born on the Fourth of July. Always. Good movie. Yeah. I've heard of oh, Presumed Innocent. Always Innocent. Is great. Yeah. Presumed Innocent. Uh, always. I think I saw at least yeah, one. I but I, you know, I like. I got it. He's done so much that I can't talk about just, everything. Just name but, the names real quick. I already just did. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. Home Alone, brother. Home Alone. Great. Or he he. John Williams wrote a fantastic Christmas song. Yes, he did. That even when hearing it sung you know, by children, somewhere in my memory. And that's the thing is, you don't think about it when you see because it's, it's a different style than what we were used to because we're hearing them in Raiders and Star Wars. And then suddenly you got this goofy little John Hughes movie. And like, wow, the music's pretty good. But then when you hear somewhere in my memory, you're like, Oh my gosh! This is John Williams, I used to come home and it was and almost play not John Williams. They had somebody else who yeah. had done a, a started it. And I then came they, home and played. We oh. used to play it on the piano, just the theme, ding, mm-hmm. ding, ding, and it also simple. And it's a great little but Christmas great. tune. And it's, it's grabs such emotion, and and really, without John Williams, he gave heart to Home Alone, to where you knew it wasn't just about a little kid fighting off burglars. Da, da. It was about family. Yeah, great stuff. A lot, and and <sighs> you know, there was something about that old man. Great actor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, didn't he do the music for all uh, for um, um, oh amazing stories? Yes. Okay. Because that old man, uh, I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sorry, I can't recall his name. But he pops up in that too. But he's in in one of the best stories, the amazing stories. It was one of the best episodes I have. Those season one. Yeah. And he does this great episode on there. And I'm telling you, it's so great. And that actor is outstanding. Steven Spielberg did that episode, yeah. I believe. And well, it was his series, wasn't it? Was it was his series, yeah. but he directed a couple episodes. Which is probably how you get John Williams and, in there. Oh, doing John the Williams, he does brilliant. If you ever get to watch the Making Stories, folks, most of those are just tremendous. And, oh, just good stuff. I'm they used to, I think, were on Netflix for a while. Little and, while. And, oh, well, I'm telling you, good stuff. Yeah. But the music on there is brilliant. So, I mean, yes, and it's I'm John Williams, you, of course. The, the, I mean, yeah, it's great stuff. He did a couple like that. That's great. All right, so moving along. The next thing, listen, 1991, Hook. Oh, I love that sound. Yes. Yes. I was gonna say when I got when I first saw Harry Potter, heard of it, the soundtrack reminded me so much of Hook. Yeah, because and, it's it's, and a lot of it is that use of that celeste that you hear at the beginning. Yes, uh, which I always thought was like you know because like, I'm used in marching band and and and, and yeah, concert band we'd have yeah. these chimes, and I thought for a while that maybe it was that, but it didn't quite sound like chimes. But it was a celeste, uh, and I I know David W. Collins has explained a celeste, but you play it's you play it similar to like a piano. It's played like that, but it's got that it's got that almost ethereal. Kind of, I think I've seen tone. that on YouTube once. Yeah, like I, I've never seen what a cellist looks like, but apparently you play it similar to like a piano, but it has that different, just it has like its own unique, just special sound. But it it's a very Christmassy town. I may uh, have Christmassy to get tone. something like that. That sounds cool, Celeste. <laughs> the Celeste, yeah, and, it, and you spell it kind of like Celeste uh, from what I've seen it spelled out. But it's I don't know where they. Had, I think David W. Collins explained where the instrument came from, but you call it a celeste, and it's just got that beautiful sound. That's and I remember gorgeous. at the opening of Hook, well, no, that's, that's, that's Home Alone. Alone. It's in Home Alone. But you get a similar opening there in Hook when they're uh, opening up into the play. Up, yeah. 
But Hook had that great adventuring tone. And he even had a great song. And it was it was great because it was that tune. They were so pompous. It was so much Hook. For, it was Hook's actual theme for himself, and it had this pompousness mm-hmm. thing oh, yeah, that he, just he was fit. arrogant. It was elegant and pompous, uh, right. and yet piratey. And I loved uh, whenever Peter. Pan, of course, I love Peter Pan. You know yeah. that. Well, obviously, but, I do. I'm the yeah. Spider Pan man. I, I, Peter Pan's always been my, my my favorite fairy tale, if you want to call it that. My favorite type of thing like that. It's and, fantastic. And I yeah, loved. I love his theme song for that. When it comes mm. to flying and all that. Da, 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 da. No, I'm going no, home alone yeah, again. Going, yeah, but. Uh, uh, either Ooh, way, but yeah, he, fly, he had a great little theme for that when he first flies yeah, to Neverland. Uh, the flight to Neverland music. Oh, oh that's great. Uh, yeah, brother. Da, 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 da. And that'd be when he go to fight him and all. But it's great yes. stuff. Yeah, they say it was great stuff. Yeah, Hook's not always as re- gives as much as respect as it deserves, but it, it's a great, well, a great movie, and the music is I fantastic. This is just my opinion. People weren't ready for a grown up Peter Pan. I think that's the complaint my, I hear. My big problem with it in this sense was. They try to go a little. Too, they try to go a little too home alone, a little too home alone in it. Uh, yeah. Well, but I like that part where the, the Lost Boys fighting in goofy ways. That's fun. That's not what I'm talking about. I think they try to go a little too home alone, uh, where they they weren't quite sure what they were doing. I think they should have just stuck with the the story kind of went back and forth. But that's anyway. Neither here nor there. Yeah. The music was great. It's fantastic. The music's outstanding. All right. Now I'm going to jump ahead. I mean, we got JFK, Far Away, Home Alone Two, but next. Jurassic Park. Oh. And this is, I mean, you almost have two themes. Because yeah. you have the main theme, but then you have the anthem for Jurassic Park. And oh. one of them, I mean, he's encompassed both the splendor and the magnificence of, like, well, these amazing animals. Yeah. And then you've got this adventure music. I love that, too. And at the same time, he's got this nice, scary The, the main theme. theme itself is amazing. It's beautiful. It's, a, it's so beautiful. Yeah. That's one of the first times da, da, I remember buying, da, da, they had a cassette da, da. single that had yeah. the theme and the anthem on it. I went and bought the whole soundtrack. You remember that? Yeah, of course. I got the whole soundtrack, too. I, I had it on cassette, and I've got it on a CD. But, yeah, me, too. I, I, but went, I remember but at I, first I bought that cassette single th- just because, like, oh, That's another man. one. I get on the piano. Look, I didn't know how to play the piano. <laughs> but I would always... And I find my way until I, I found bought it. sheet music for that. And I wanted to I learn remember. it on the piano, but I, I, I never could. It was it was so complex. It, but I'll tell Ooh. you, the music was so brilliant. I, can't play piano I anyway. just love that movie. And that first one I saw so many times in the theater. I just love that movie. I've never mm-hmm. seen a movie that many times in the theater like I did that one. Yeah, fifteen I think, times. Yeah, I, I think, think, I, 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 think it, I went in thirteen, if not fourteen. I, I've seen it since then. I've seen it two, or three more times. But uh, since then, I went back again when it came yeah, out. Yeah, I don't again. think I've seen it in the theater. But since brilliant then. film, brilliant. Yeah, the music and John, the, mu- the it, music brought you, you in. You did it, brother. It brought you in. All right, now we got some other great ones like Schindler's List. Yes. I, I I kind of vaguely remember the music from that one, but oh my gosh, he can make oh, you cry again. Brought you alive. Man. I can't watch that movie; it's too rough. Oh, it's too bred on my emotions. It's it uh, is. Sabrina, Nixon, yes. Sleepers, Rosewood, The Lost World. He yes. did come back at least to do that one. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's another one of those movies. It's the music's outstanding in there, <sighs> but I can't I can't watch it. It's too rough. That, I love it though, it's, but it's rough. it's it's heartbreaking. At, especially that beginning, it's oh, like oh gosh. Well, that's real as real can be. Well, in yeah, my it opinion. is. It, it, yeah. It's one of the most real. I feel like I'm there. I'll be. I'll be honest. When I'm there in that the beginning of that thing, I find myself ducking. Like I'm going to get shot. But <laughs> it's more or less, I, scary. I, I mean, I feel like I'm with them. Like I'm. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's. And, and then when every time I played a World War II game, especially a D Day, I 
I've never felt more a lot like with it, it actually there. But when yeah. I'm playing those games because they do such a good job, yeah. But I oftentimes feel like, where's Ryan? I feel like I'm in the movie. But <laughs> we gotta so, protect Ryan. Yeah, but he brought that movie to life. All right, but I'm gonna move. I'm jumping up ahead because we know some more Star Wars came along with oh, that yeah, with the Phantom Menace. But I want to move it, and you, oh, you Phantom Menace. Earlier. I wanted to mention this. Or are, are you Phantom Menace now? I'm going to Harry Potter. Okay, first because we got to keep going. I, I want to say it's about Phantom Menace because the we're duel, going two the hours. duel of the fates. Yes, that music released it as a, a on the radio. Even. And that movie, that Duel of the Faces, I work out to that still. Duel <laughs> of the Faces is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard. And I love even it. he brought, like, got like a Sanskrit poem and brought it to life oh, and it's brought so it to music. Brilliant! Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. Go ahead, Harry Potter. I'm sorry. I had to do it. But but like the next like the big things like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. I mean with Hedwig's theme that everybody knows. Yes, but but not only that, but the the, the piece that's a concert piece that's Harry's Wondrous World. Yeah, that just oh my golly, that's a great music. And I I have all those soundtracks and as well. That, of course, did that come out in two thousand one? Uh, Harry Potter and the, uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone, two thousand one. Yes. The reason why I was going to say so, what uh, I don't want to skip over that too fast, but there, there was a movie he brought out. I think it was two thousand two, but there was a movie that he was he did music for called Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, and that's mentioned down here two thousand two. Yeah, catch me. I didn't see that one. I, I got that. It's a great movie. But I've heard the, it's the fun. music. It's so different than anything you're used to from from uh, from John Williams. Beautiful. More on to his jazz roots. It, I guess. It, is, it is, and it's yet yeah, it's still with the movie stuff he does, and it's so good. And based off a of true story, nearly yeah. perfect to the true story. I'm telling Tom Hanks, folks. And Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's like a master disguise kind of criminal or brilliant, something. Brilliant, brilliant movie. I should see it one of these. I'm I've, heard, you, I've heard stuff of good stuff. Outstanding film, yeah. if you ever get a chance. And John Williams, oh, man, nothing like you, you that you're used to seeing. But I'm telling you, great. Oh, Gary Old. I mean, uh, excuse me, not Gary Oldman. I'm going to say, uh, 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 oh, I can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, um, a guy who... Uh, like oh, it. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. He, he, I always get a weird kind of thing, and I'm not he, getting Walken. I'm getting he, something he's, else. He's his father in it. Oh, and, nice. And I'm telling you, this movie, it's... Oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, there, I mean, there's so much more we could mention with you know the Harry Potter series. There was more Star Wars movies to come and all these other ones. But, I mean, golly, I can't get into everything because we just don't have that sort of time. But I want to jump to an article that was in the New York Times... Uh, so, and this is uh, written up by Javier C. Hernandez. At the outset of the coronavirus pandemic, when the film production came to halt and recording studios shuttered, John Williams, the storied Hollywood composer and conductor, found himself for the first time in his nearly 70 years, or really, or how many? Yeah, seven decade career, nearly seven decade career, they're saying, without a movie to worry about. But basically, what this article is talking about. And he's got a lot of, on his website, you find a whole list of concertos and stuff he's written. But uh, I can't wait to he's wanting to kind of pull off of doing so many movies because he's got constraints and everything's got to be out of time. But, you know, it's the tired of the constraints of films, the deadlines, the need for brevity, the competition of ever-blaring sound effects, the work eating up half a year. He says he will soon step away from movie projects. But what he wants to do in his next phase, he plans to focus more intensely on another passion, writing concert works of which he has already produced several dozen. He has visions of another piece for a longtime collaborator, the cellist Yo-Yo Ma, for anyone Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yes. Yo-Yo Ma, he's brilliant. And he's planning his first proper piano concerto. John Williams is on the move. Yes. Doing some more brilliant stuff. At to, 90, to he quote, ain't stopping. To quote Kramer from Seinfeld, Yo-Yo Ma. 
<laughs> yo, yo, ma. Yo, yo, ma. He got hit in his head one time. And uh. He just yells at it. Yo, yo, ma. <laughs> All righty. Now, we, this is running really long already, but I got to get into the Book of Boba Fett. Now, if you have not seen the finale or the series Book of Boba Fett, if you waited because you wanted to binge watch the whole thing and you haven't done it yet, pause the show right here. Skip ahead and come back. I'm going to give you a minute. Or not a full minute, but I'm going to give you a little, little time while I'm just jabbering on. This is your time that you. If you, ha- why haven't you? Pa- you didn't pause yet. You did. oh. you, you're still here. Okay, when I spoil it, you, you know. cannot blame me because you didn't stop. You know, you didn't pause. <laughs> you know, yeah. I gave you a warning, but Book of Boba Fett. Let's get it. Who are ended. you talking about? Let's, are you Joe Pesci? Or you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But oh my goodness, this finale, and 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 the the, the lead up. I love and now I. I got to get into one little thing that I, I saw a complaint and I had to roll my eyes at this complaint because we had a great episode where we got to see uh, where, you know, Din Jaren, we picked up where he was and he's trying to learn how to use the black saber. But then we also get to go. He gets some armor made out of that staff to go to take to Grogu. And uh, we get a great scene of Luke Skywalker teaching Grogu and Grogu learning to basically bounce around like Yoda did. I mean, yeah. Grogu's learning some stuff, but I loved, you know, at the end, there's that Luke sits him down and says, okay, here's your friend, the man, Mandalorian here, Din, Mando, whatever you want, you know, Din, brought yeah. you this armor. And you can choose this and you can go back with him. Or let me offer you, if you want to continue this, this was Master Yoda's lightsaber. If you if you want this, you stay here, but you have to let him go. And remember, your life is very long. His is going to be very short in the overall span of yours. So he gives him... Now, I saw somebody make the complaints like, well, he can be a Mandalorian and a Jedi because even the guy who made the Darksaber was that. So that wasn't what the choice was about. The choice was, and when Luke even says this, it's about the attachment. Yes. It's like, if you have enough attachment, he's like a father figure. And if you want to go with him, that's fine. But you have to choose because attachment is what got Luke's father in trouble. And if they were wise, they would have realized... I'm, I'm, of course, I'm getting really weird here, overboard. But the... Um, the guy who did it was not a Jedi. The guy who did it obviously was going with the dark side. Obviously. Well, I, I know they get into a bit more story, but I haven't gotten into the full thing. But, I mean, they tell you a little bit, but he had been a Jedi. Had and been. Had, been, in, no, had but, uh, been. I don't know what all happened to the guy. I don't but know. he obviously, at that point, I mean, obviously in the sense that he was with, had, uh, you know, people of the, the dark side with him. He obviously had left that, and that's the whole point is that he... Uh, he was no longer doing what he ought to be doing, and so therefore, yeah. I mean, he, I don't know if it'd be an obvious if, unless they've t- done it because they've got to develop that story. But I don't know uh, the whole story. Well, seeing how he was in a Tie I mean, Fighter and he was wearing armor of the dark side. That's not where the dark saber comes from. I'm talking the maker of the dark saber. Oh, I thought it was you meant, a Mandalorian I meant, Jedi. I thought you meant the guy that no, that, no, 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 no. It. That dark yeah. saber was even around before that in yeah, Rebels. I knew that. Um, I mean, I thought he, you meant the one who who no, he no, got no, it no, from. No, 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 yeah. no. No, that guy was on Mandalorian. He stole yes. that. Yeah, I mean, but the guy who made the dark saber was a Mandalorian yeah. who was a Jedi, and this guy was like, "Well, that, you know, you had a guy who was a Jedi and a Mandalorian, and he made the dark saber." So, but that's not the point. That yeah. it's not that Grogu could be both Mandalorian and yeah, Jedi. Sure. It's just that he had an attachment to because Din was like a father figure for a while. Sure. And He's if trying, he has that attachment, there's too much chance it, that something it's could go the wrong. Whole, uh, that's the whole Anakin thing again. Yeah, and exactly yeah. that's why Luke had that concern. So I'm like. There, I, that's why I have no complaints about it. I thought it was a very good scene. Of course, I knew how it was going to resolve because I'm like, they they needed to have a way where Grogu could still be in the Mandalorian series because let's face it, he's carrying that and series. And he can come back to, yeah. to Luke, I mean. 
the character can go back. Yeah, to I mean, play after, long after Din Djarin's gone, you know, what, Grogu may be near his teenage years. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know. He may be. He, he could still probably come and train. He may mature. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. Let's face it. He's still a baby. He's still a baby. Uh, yeah. At least to us. Yeah. And 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 maybe that's this is what they need to do. And because people are going to complain if he's if he's not in if he's not in yeah. the series, they're going to complain. Yeah. People were watching it for Grogu. <laughs> Part right, of no, it. the rest of it's good stuff, though. But Grogu but, is the. Uh, we'll just say this: he's the Steve Urkel. He, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but that no family no, matters no, became known as no, Urkel. You that's, know, that's the Jar Jar. No, he's. A <laughs> but Urkel is what made kept that show. I was going to say that he was the the uh, the Fisher's hook, the fisherman hook. He was he was what they would reel him in. It was the bait on the hook the that bait. pulled us in. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that baby, I mean, how can yeah, you not everybody love loves him? Grogu. He's so cute, yeah, and lovable, man. And he's got such personality. <laughs> I mean, he really pers- does. Especially but he loves, you, loves going did fast. Did you know? Did you notice? And I, folks, if you're not watching, you shouldn't be listening. But we already told him. It's you, too late now. Did you notice that the uh, Rhea Perlman character in there? Did you notice? Yeah, that, she looks like Rhea Perlman, that's, doesn't that's she? That's what she's going for, I think. But yeah. did you notice that that what she said? She is us. The people that don't like the Grogu name. Did, have you, did you notice they used her to be us, those who didn't like? I'm not yeah, saying us like confi- me. Well, the but, people who can't get let go and calling him Baby Yoda, which was I, but you know, I like how series, she was. So. She was that. She was. That's them. a terrible name for him. Yeah. yeah, she was them. I thought that was great. That's yeah. terrible. I'm not calling you that. I thought, That's perfect. That, Here's my little though, buddy. The writers were perfect in that way. They did that so greatly. They that was so great. Yeah. And but I I gotta say I loved final bit. Granted, there's some other stuff in this final episode I want to talk to, but you know, with Grogu's personality, with him, but you tapping on the glass, trying to get Din Djarin to to hit the button for that the, oh, the super speed on that thing, kids do. so you woohoo, little but kids, you know. I loved how this episode, it, it uh, everything you were kind of they built throughout the series, finally all came to a head. The 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 Rancor riding that that Boba Fett wanted to learn how to ride it, and R two come. I I what I was expecting though is R two to deliver Grogu himself and see that there's something going on, and that's how they're going to deal with those giant droids. Is R two and that X wing was going to blast those droids? That's what I thought. Um, but but what no, I loved it was super cool though. Go, how going it back out. to the original appearance of Boba Fett. He uh, first appeared on a dinosaur yeah, riding yeah. on a saddle. Yes, and this was this was like well, a, not, not really a dinosaur, but yeah. Well, a, a, a Star Wars dinosaur. Yeah, Star Wars dinosaur. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Christmas special, nineteen seventy-eight. Yes, yes, yes. And they did. They brought that back. That he's on a saddle, but it th- so now cool. it's on the Rancor. Yeah, because if if you've not seen it on that first uh, cartoon, the very first Boba Fett yeah. appearance. He gives this dinosaur-looking thing. The cartoon is on to, Disney Plus. Yes, it so is. So you can watch the you cartoon. Can. But he he appears in front of Luke Skywalker and that dinosaurish. Yeah, I thing. don't think it was a do back, was it? No, it. Yeah. it but it, it had a long neck, kind of yeah. kind of brontosaurus. I yeah, I got, yeah. Brontosaurus. What you want to call? Yeah, like a Star Wars dinosaur. We'll call yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> well, well, that's its official name now. A Star yeah, Wars dinosaur. Yeah, Star Wars. Uh, uh, whatever, whatever it's supposed to be. But yeah, we'll we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. One quick thing. While we're talking about cartoons, I I, uh, I almost bought it. I didn't know they were making these. They have, you know, the Droids animated series. I loved it. They've made toys. I you saw know, a C-3PO that was designed to look like remember, the cartoon. Back in the day, they had it. Remember, they came with the little coins? Vaguely. And they, and they even had the Boba Fett back then. Like that. For oh, no nice. Beca- nice. It would, be, it would be Okay, because he showed up on the cartoon back then. Yeah. And I, I can't remember... I'm, 
please don't quote me because I could be wrong. It seems like even then they had a, 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 oh no no, that droids if I'm not mistaken was either after the cart uh, the movies or before I can't recall. But if it was after, I think they had an excuse of why he was out. Yeah. Well, the droid, the droid series in the Ewoks was both after Return of the Jedi. Okay, that's yeah. right. It seems like they had an excuse, a reason why he was out. Like like he got out or something. Yeah. But I know in the comic books they did, he was burped out. <laughs> and and I know you know how they... But, but, but what's great is, at least in the comic book that I'd read, what happened was... He was fighting Han Solo again on top of the uh, uh, sand crawler, uh, you know, machine of the yeah. Jawa, and and it went in, and so he was eaten again. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Poor Boba. Well, you know, he gets yeah. what he gets. The only other complaint though I've heard about this series is people says like, "Well, he's different than he was before." It's like, well, he's yeah, growing. He's grown. He's matured as a, as a person and a he, better man. Even. And he even talks about that he's tired of working for other people. That he does things that he doesn't really want to have well, to do. I will tell you this. So he wanted to be his own boss. I will tell you this. Uh, I don't have to keep mentioning all these things, but I've gone through an awful lot in my life. Yeah. Uh, uh, life and death situations. I've gone through a lot of surgeries and all these things. Yeah, and facing his own mortality, and I think. That makes I'm you change. I'm getting ready to say. That's I've, um, yeah. I've, I've nearly died many a times. Oh, yeah. And when you go through life and death situations, I'm getting very serious for what we're talking about, but when you go through life and death situations and you nearly die several times, you change. Oh, yeah. Because you decide, heck with this. I I'm not going to do these things anymore. I'm going to become a different person. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett, hero of the people. But he's still, he's still, he's still, he he's still scummy in a sense. Yeah, in his own way. He's still running a, you know, the town in yeah, the he's criminal gonna, empire, but no more spice. He's going to do it dirty, yeah. but he's going to do, do dirty as clean as he can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to hurt anybody in the no, process. That's right. He, he wants to protect the people that he's kind of the daimyo over. Yeah, exactly. And, Cad flipping Bane, brother. Yeah, I love it. And I love he came in and somebody made a, 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 a fun that. little thing with the good, bad, and the ugly kind of thing with Cad Bane. Like, that's right. Because he came in with his hat and I was like, no way, no and way. You see, that's oh. the thing. There's the good and the bad, and then there's the ugly. And the yeah. ugly was worse than the good and the bad. Yeah. And and uh so the I would say in this situation, the ugly are the villainous, horrible go behind your back and twist and and so He's not bad. He's good, but even the good are dirty. Yeah. Even the by dirty, yeah. I don't mean villainous. I mean they they get dirty. They get down. Get and their do, hands dirty. They get their hands dirty. They do stuff that's not, not really yeah. the best. But sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty to take care of those that are ugly. Yeah. Oh, the ugly would be those uh, people that said they were gonna do right, and the, then they went the behind pike. the, the pike. Oh, well, no, pike. yeah, the people who joined with the pikes and they get them yeah, were like, they oh, said, well, oh, we're on your side. And, well, well, no, we'll stay out of your way. Go ahead, and then they didn't. The only complaint I'd have. And oh, they, and they, I love, the, oh, I love the Wookiee guy, and I'm yeah, glad oh, he survived. I, I was he so was worried he was comic, gonna die. Wasn't it the comic that he was in before? Uh, I, I don't I, know. I, I read about it, and they said I I couldn't remember if it was comic or a game, so I didn't want to lie here. Yeah. Now, the only complaint I have about it about the series, and this is not me complaining about the series, really, but there's a character who's supposed to be Urkel-like. and uh, But I didn't like the, what they call him, Split Tail or whatever. Oh, the Twi'leks. Twi'leks. I didn't like him, and not talking about the actor. The one guy who's supposed to be comic relief there. Yeah, I, I thought he was a little too sitcom-like. Uh, <laughs> and, but I know they purposely... You know, I haven't negotiated. I was trained in Coruscant. I, he was very obnoxious. Yeah. And, I know he's supposed to be. I was hoping something would happen. He would actually die. I wanted him to die. But <laughs> see, but, it awful. but it shouldn't be that way. What I mean is, if he's supposed to be comic relief, <sighs> if he's supposed to be fun, and you're supposed to actually like him, that's not how you're supposed to be thinking about right. it. Right? We're not like, oh, come on, say something stupid and let somebody just shoot him. Because here's the thing: 
he was so obnoxious that to me he wasn't fun and he changed the beat of the show like it it would start off kind of dark and fun and very Star Wars like the classic Star Wars and then he'd be like um, um excuse me and he's talking yeah. like we're having a serious Butch Butch Sundance kid whatever Butch Cassie Sundance kid a moment about to happen and then he speaks up oh you know can I offer a third option you know and this happened he every, interrupted when we were building this thing yeah and every episode he would come in and like you really killed the moment <laughs> yeah you, I don't want to use a dirty phrase here but you know the some people use a certain phrase for blocking. Yeah. And I felt like you're blocking he, the fight. <laughs> he was, blo- he was blocking. I'll say the star Wars out of yeah. a lot of episodes. And again, not the actor. I'm sure the actor is funny. He's great. The character yeah. was the, we'll say the, uh, uh, star Wars block to me. Yeah. He would block the star Wars feeling the, he was a force block. He was the <laughs> yeah. force block was force blocking of, of so many of great moments. And I just think he wasn't well written or at least well, performed in that yeah. situation that and that's just my own personal complaint. yeah i'm sorry it'd have been <laughs> fine without that character yeah. being in there yeah unless if he would have come out with his stupid if he would have read the list and then got shot for it i would have been okay with that yeah. that would have been fitting i had different people so I, yeah. I complained about because he was to me he was as ju- just as dirty as that mayor oh he was dirty he was dirty now, as he heck, was paid man. to be dirty but i was saying yeah. this like i had i complained about it online and someone said I thought he just made the show because blah blah blah. And I was like, "Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I am yeah. for their sake. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't being sarcastic. I was honestly being honest, and and I am glad they enjoyed it because at least someone did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I think it changed the tone. Yeah, of where he, he was heading at that moment. And I think sometimes when people think they're writing something funny, and maybe they really were at the time, yeah. but the performance of it and all. Again, not the actor. I think the actor is great to his own credit. But I just think it didn't quite fit. Yeah, it. especially because we had such a great buildup where where Mando and Boba Fett were about to go out and just make their final stand. Yeah, and we were just build up like, yeah, go out and make that stand, and we did kind of get it later. Yes, but to have that guy interrupt, which I knew is like, oh, Boba's going to write up something that's going to get the guy. And... I was expecting him to get it something to get the guy killed, and I would have been, okay and that would have been a good payoff there yeah. if he'd have gotten killed out there because he was kind of villain. Yeah. But I, I I was kind of expecting like you know you go go you guys are Bantha Poodoo go stuff your head up a Bantha's backside or yeah, something you something. know I was expecting that written up you know I can't remember what actually wrote on and, it but it, it was more or less uh, you know we're gonna shoot you or something yeah. to that effect and oh but know. they came out and got to see how tough that armor is but they're still getting knocked down man yeah. they they're overwhelmed and I, one of the things that was kind of fun it was a little predictable but every time you thought this is it they're gonna die that's exactly when somebody else was gonna suddenly show up as a surprise but that's actually what, how I expected R2 to finally show up is with the two big droids I'm like oh there's no way they're gonna figure out who this R2 will show up uh, but then we didn't get R2 we got the Rancor <laughs> I love that oh Rancor. that was so cool and I that loved great how, moment with Grogu there. I loved how when uh, Boba Fett was no longer on the Rancor, mm-hmm. the Rancor lost his stuff, and he went nuts. And he went and, nuts. You, you had a Godzilla and King Kong combined yeah. moment where they're they're uh, he's doing his King Kong best mm-hmm. and going up to the top. And I love that because Boba Fett, I'd forgotten until he was off of him, I forgot that King Kong, I mean, hello, that uh, the Rancor... Was only under control because, because of Boba Fett. Because right. of Boba Fett. Boba Fett made friends with it. And That's he didn't right. Know, the Rancor didn't know any of these other people. No, he was just like, he's but like it, but, screw this. And they, <laughs> they established when Boba was met him, the, the guy who brought him says, like, well, they're actually pretty docile and yeah. unless they feel threatened. And then yeah. you better look out. Yeah. And Grogu kind of like, he, I like how Grogu kind of understood it. Grogu was like, I'm a little, I'm no threat. 
It's okay, buddy. And he it's even okay. put, he put laid his hand down next to him. I love that he laid down with him, and they and just took snuggling. a little nap together. And he was snuggling with him. Yes, yeah, so like no, this is my friend. We're okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this it's, is so great. He's so cute. I just oh. love him. It was a fantastic show. I love yeah. how it concluded. Now, I, will the we get it? Great too. Will we get a Boba Fett season two? I don't know. I hope. I hope we do. But I mean, I, it feels like we were bridging the gap into the next adventures with the Mando. But Mando can have some adventures with Boba Fett, it, it, or Boba Fett can go do his own thing. That, we, we, on that, on well, he's going to be there in Moss Espa, I'm pretty sure. I mean. He's running things. That's what I mean. He, he, he can, can have some new adventures. They can adventures. have their fun, and Mando yeah. does those house. His, what's his name? Who? Man, uh, Din Djarin? Din Djarin. I can't or remember. Some, a lot of people just call him Mando. Mando. Which is kind of a throwback to like the good, bad, and the ugly, and yeah. you know, Clint Eastwood's character. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of a fun and, uh, and coming in May, we have another show. Oh, I almost forgot to put that in the news. <laughs> the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And I'm so thrilled. Yeah. I, now, now, what what day is May 4th on this year? I don't know. But either way, this is May 25th. 5th, May 25th. That's right. The day before someone I know's birthday. <laughs> yeah. Might be me. Might Happy be. birthday to me. Here's your Obi-Wan series. Here's your Obi-Wan series. Which I have no idea what to expect how they're making a series out of this. I have no idea what to, what's coming. Except, I need to go and watch Rebels. Except I do know this. We do know that... We get to see Vader, and it is Hayden Christensen. Yeah, we see Hayden Christensen. I, I don't know how this did, works. Did you see any of the previous ones? You see him practicing, and he's got his face covered because his face. I is, haven't seen anything. Oh, just for a split second, they show that he's practicing. He's practicing with the lightsaber, and he's at, you know why is he practicing how to swing yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's brilliant. He has the bottom part of his face covered just for himself, as himself. Practicing swinging the sword, I think how brilliant he's actually got the bottom face part of his face covered. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of wonder how that works because I mean, really, the, this is a part where Obi Wan is in hiding. Yeah, and if he uses the Force, Vader's going to find him. I can't wait to see it. So I want to see how this works. Although I think we are kind of getting to see. Well, well, I guess. Well, of course, this is post Vader. What we're seeing a lot of Grogu thing, but you know, if uh, Vader's going to know the presence of Obi Wan and he's going to find him, you know. Yeah, if he if he does too much, so I I want to see how they play this out to where Obi Wan, who's basically pretending to be just this old hermit. But I just I thought see. of something. It's just a thought. You remember? Oh, maybe he's not on Dagobah. But I think, what if he was in? Da- what if he found something like on Dagobah, the little memory that's, thing? That's the big thing. With like Yoda could be hidden in Dagobah. So. But anyways, we better wrap this thing up here because uh, this has been a very long show. And, uh, but yeah, we're excited to see Obi-Wan and where it goes. Well, of course, we want to remind you, go to NeverlandPodcast.com where you can find links to my podcast reviews uh, for just a very slow fee. You can get, you know, if you have a podcast, you can get all reviews sent to your email. And of course, we always want to thank you, Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for all your help in making the intro. Of course, remember to email us, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter, NeverlandPCast, although I don't do a lot on Twitter. We have two Facebook pages, one, of course, just a fan page, and, of course, a group. I love sharing some fun things when I find out that something new is happening. You can leave us a voicemail, 816-226-6492. And remember, please, we do do appreciate everyone who donates on Patreon. We have links right there on the website, neverlandpodcast.com. Otherwise, patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. And as we like to remind you at the end of every episode, get lost. In an adventure! See you next time.